sometimes he bring the crew Get ready for the show, about to do some dope reviews TV in the movies, entertainment in the fights Any topic popping and we talking about life Welcome back to True Reviews Welcome back to True Reviews Welcome back to True Reviews Welcome back, welcome, welcome back True Reviews Welcome back to True Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, True Justice. This is episode 250, and with me is the founder of Cult Inclusive Wrestling, Chris Sanson. What's up, bro? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, we had a hell of a day. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did, man. Got to see Coeur d'Alene. That was, that was... You know, you're from across the country. Yep. But I also experienced Coeur d'Alene for the first time really with you today, because I've only been to the lake okay. to go like on a boat. Right, right. So like I was even messaging my buddies on our way back and they're like, you never been there before? I've never walked around before. I've never, I had a bad experience in Idaho years and years ago. Right. So I really hate going there. Yeah. And yeah, it's beautiful. It Peaceful. is. It is. It's it was really good. Cool. We got to go, go to a little farmer's market that was down there. We had no idea it was going to be going on. So yeah. That was Luck of the dope. draw. Stumbled yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> I got some cool toys. I'm stoked. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, just to fucking put it out there. You, how long have you been dating my cousin? <laughs> uh, so, oh, uh, God, I met Ashley 2017? No, 2000, we met in 2016. Okay. Well, I don't know. See, now I'm confused. Uh, yeah, it was at, near the end of 2016. We didn't start dating until, like, March of 2017. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's been just over six years. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And we're just finally meeting, and yeah. that's what was so cool. Yeah. So I remember, uh, I remember hearing about you, and everybody, of course, made the because we have a cousin Christopher out here, and everybody's like, "We got another Chris in the family. We got another right. Chris. He's a big dude too. He's a big, strong guy." <laughs> and we're like, "Oh shit! Can't wait to meet him." And then the first thing I remember hearing about you was, and you got to explain to me what this is called or what it's all about. Whatever those like Scottish tough man things are, what are those called? So, the, so the Scottish Highland Games. Okay, Highland um, Games. It's so. The history of it, because I'm a big history buff, and the, so the history of it is, is it was used, it's like the precursor to the Olympics. So all of the Olympic games that the Greeks used originally, they stole from the ancient Celts. Okay. So it's basically, there's anywhere between seven to nine events, um, including like a stone stone throw, which is, if you've ever seen a, a shot put, yeah, uh, it's that, but with a... Like a boulder. Stone, basically, okay. yeah. So it's not any kind of round or any kind of symmetrical. It's just this giant stone that you can throw. Are they all the same, or are they picked at random? It's, di it's different. Okay. So every so there's there's an open stone, and then there's what they call a, a, Bramer, a Bramer stone. Okay. A Bramer stone can be anywhere. I think it's anything over, like, 18 and a half pounds is considered a Bramer stone, and you can't, like, with the Bramer stone, you have to be standing still and then push it. Okay. And the open stone, they're normally lighter stones, so you can run up and throw it or spin and throw it like you see a shot put or anything like that. Um, there's light and heavy weight for distance, which is pretty self-explanatory. It's a weight. Uh, the light weight's a 28-pound weight that okay. you throw for distance. The heavy weight's a 56-pound weight that you Ooh. throw for distance. Yeah, that thing's... <laughs> and and <laughs> most people will spin with it to throw it because you get more momentum that yeah. way. And Man, I've seen people blow out knees yeah. hips i i've seen people just straight fall over because <laughs> <laughs> the weight so cuz cuz you you really have to let the weight do a lot of the work which yeah. which is tough um there's a light and heavy hammer 
So I think the it's been a minute since I've done this. Uh, the heavy hammer is 22 pounds. The light hammer is like 18 or 16. I can't remember which one. Um, and then, of course, what everybody knows is the caber toss, which is where we pick up the big tree. Yeah, okay. And caber is, uh, it's Gaelic for tree. Okay. So a caber toss is just a tree toss is, is, is how it comes out. And most people think that it's a, like you have to throw it for distance. Um, but the way that it's judged is, is you have to flip it end over end. So if you flip it end over end, there's a judge behind you that when it lands, they'll judge it like a clock. So like if it land, the perfect score is if it lands directly in front of you, it's a 12 o'clock. Okay. Um, if it lands one way or the other, you know, you get a clock. If you don't flip it at all, there's a side judge <laughs> that will judge it based on the degree of the ground. Okay. So like if it, if it stands straight up, and then just come straight back down. It's a ninety degree tip. Uh, okay. So it's yeah. not a full turn, but it's a you get ninety degrees for it. So, and you get three opportunities to do both most of these throws. Now, how did you get involved in those? So I'm I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida, um, and my family used to go down about forty five minutes south of me is St. Augustine, which is one of the oldest um, cities in in the country. So we used to go down there all the time for the. Remember if it's the Scottish festival or the uh, Gay, uh, the Celtic festival, one of the two. I think it's the the Celtic festival that's down there. And it's normally around it's normally around St. Patrick's Day every year. So uh, we would go down there to see the acts and go to the vendors and all that kind of stuff. And they always had the games out there. And one year I just decided to go down there and like, hey, I'm going to compete. And they're like, okay, all you need is. A kilt. Oh, so sure. <laughs> went and bought a kilt and, you know, started, they do a, um, so like the a, beard was not required. No, no, the okay. beard was not required. <laughs> okay. Actually, there's, there's pictures somewhere of my very first event in St. Augustine and I've, I've got a beard, but it's very short. Okay. So it's almost like your length <laughs> yeah. all the way around. So this was not required. This was just kind of the, it, it fit the gimmick, yeah. I guess, is <laughs> <laughs> how that kind of worked out. Um, but yeah, I haven't done that in so long. I actually, I have a lot of the implements at home just to practice, Yeah, but I, I don't think I've competed since COVID. Okay. So. Yeah, which would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, as soon as we heard about that, we we're just like, this dude's badass. Yeah. <laughs> That's just I awesome. It. I was, I just, even when I was texting my guys, uh, earlier when I was like, yeah, I'm about to go home and podcast and, uh, explaining that their, their initial react. That's fucking badass. Yeah. That's just so cool. Cause we don't, that's yeah, not somebody you meet every day that does that shit. No. Um, how long did you do it? So I first competed 2000, 2015, I think. So I think I competed for four years. Okay. Kind of solid. Um, Is there a lot of travel in it? Uh, there can be. Yeah. So I was doing a lot of amateur stuff, mm -hmm. which means it's basically like you pay an entry fee mm -hmm. and you compete. There's, there is, like everything else, there is a pro circuit. Um, but it's very, like, you'll see a lot of people that do it as an amateur that either have really good technique or they're just, flat out strong like oh, they just have country strength yeah. <laughs> you know the the guys that you see that do this professionally have both yeah they're just crazy strong and their technique is insane yeah um there, there's actually a video somewhere of uh i forget the guy's name but uh, he played the mountain in Thrones. oh i love that show and the the sport has gotten kind of it's gotten a little popular now where uh they do it at the arnold classic every year and they do it at Europa, which is another big bodybuilding competition down in Orlando and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> and I think it was the Arnold Classic. 
and they were doing it. They do it indoor. Um, so they've got this 56 pound weight and they're doing another event that's called weight over bar, which is, is exactly like it sounds. They start at a certain height and you have to stand there and with one hand throw the 56 pound weight over the bar. Oh shit. And the, they had gotten it up to about 19 feet and two guys had made it. And then one guy throws it, makes the 19 feet. So they go up to 19 and a half feet. Cause now he's trying to break a world record, uh, uh Indoor record. He's yeah. trying to set the indoor record. And so he gets 19 and a half feet. And at that point, Thor had started, I guess that's, uh, I think that is his name, Thor something or other. Um, but he had come over and was kind Are of Are you talking about the mountain? Him. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he was, he had come over and was starting to watch him. And he just asked, hey, can I try this? <laughs> With no warm up, <laughs> nothing. He comes over there and just kind of <laughs> launches it 19 and a half feet over this ball. <laughs> The guy, the guy that won the competition actually ended up setting the record, I think, at like 20 feet, 2 inches or some crazy thing like that. But when you're in those events and you get like the height events that we have, I think we have weight over bar, and then there's something called a sheath, which is basically just like you take a pitchfork and you toss a 16-pound bag of hay okay. up in the air and just trying to get it over. Um, and when, when you get to – so you have three tries to try and make – they'll start at like 10 feet. You have three tries to make it. If you make it, you go to the next height, the next height, and the height, next height. And it's like whoever is the last person standing is, you know, who wins that event. But there are certain times where that person will win, and they'll win at a certain height, and maybe the course record is just like a foot higher. Okay. So they'll be like, all right, let's keep going because I want to make the, you know, it's a very, it was, that was one of the things that, that attracted me about it so much is that when the first time I ever went, it was very, uh, community driven. Yeah. So it was very much about the environment and how like everybody's out there helping each other out. There's no kind of like there's competition, but it's all, you know, it's all love. Yeah. So it was it was supportive and Yeah. Yeah. And something about just like smelling beer and hearing bagpipes as you're throwing this these heavy things around and and you know, a kilt is just, you know, it was, it was barbaric at times, you know, <laughs> barbaric and beautiful. Yeah. There were some of the, some of the old, so there's a division called the master's division, which is anybody that's over the age of 50, I think. Um, they, they jokingly call it the geriatric division because it's just all the old guys. And a lot of the, a lot of the older guys will jokingly complain that they have to wear underwear oh. when they <laughs> compete because it's, it's a family event. Yeah. So we can't be twirling around, you know, with no, Nothing on underneath. <laughs> so it's, it's, and, and a lot I of, I think the, that's a good rule. Yeah, it really is. It really is. You got to wear something underneath. Like <laughs> this is, these are, there's kids here. You got to keep this. Um, but there, yeah, there's, there's, there were some events too back when I first started where like the athletes were allowed to have alcohol in their tents okay. or like on, in their, you know, family areas or whatever. Yeah. And, <laughs> Obviously, some of the, the athletic directors for these events were like, "No, nah, we can't do that anymore. We got we got way too many athletes getting shit faced." Yeah. You know, it's a bad idea to have a guy picking up a tree, <laughs> hammered. <laughs> but, this could end badly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've actually almost hit a kid twice, different kid. Uh, shouldn't with, have been standing with, there. Uh, they shouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. They really should. Um, Ashley's. I, you know, when you get a chance, ask Ashley. She's got a, a video of me almost hitting a cage oh, <laughs> with yeah, the caber because I, I picked it up. And as I was picking it up, I couldn't get the the balance right. So I started to move backwards. And as I'm moving backwards, I didn't, you know, I'm 
I'm in the zone, so I'm trying to like control this caber. Yeah. I didn't realize how it was getting so close to the, the thing. Yeah. And as I finally drop it, all you see is this kid just dart away from it at the very last <laughs> second. <laughs> it's the best moment of my <laughs> of my Highland Games career. So. Damn. Okay. Yeah. And then. Of course, the next big thing I remember hearing about you was that you were getting into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then I just found out the other day that you didn't get involved into wrestling or interested in it until you hit like 30 years old. Yeah. So I've always been like, I've always been a huge wrestling fan. Yeah. Um, I was telling you earlier that uh, my first introduction to wrestling was like Bash at the Beach in 96 when Hogan turned heel and started the NWO and all that. Um, so I had always like been a big wrestling fan. Um, but when I was about shortly after I met Ashley, actually, I was probably about 28 or 29. Um, there was a local promotion in Jacksonville called USWA. Okay. Uh, which I'm actually going to be wrestling for USWA back in Jacksonville on Saturday. So okay. We have a show coming up with them. Um, but I talked to them initially about being like a writer. So like doing write-ups, um, journalist work, commentary, um, you know, ring announcing stuff, you know, easy stuff like that. Cause yeah. I was 28 years old. I'm thinking, ah, my body's probably not going to hold up to this. Maybe we should, you know, think about that. And, um, when I finally moved to Panama city, um, shortly after my mom passed, I moved out there to kind of talk with one of the promotions out there. Um, and he mentioned, and I, I just casually mentioned to him, Hey, if I wanted to sh- start training, you know, how could I do that around here? And they're like, oh, well, we have a manager for this promotion. Promotion's called New Heights Wrestling out in uh, the Funiac Springs, Florida. And he's like, oh, we have a guy out here named Dandy Jack. He has a ring in his backyard, and he has a bunch of people that go out there and train. I'm like, all right, cool, sweet. I didn't have to pay anything for it. Okay. <laughs> so I went out there and started training, and I think I trained for four months, <laughs> and they threw me into a match. Um and I, I, I did pretty well. It was it was like a drug. Yeah. So I just kind of just kept doing it. Um, and then COVID hit, and Ashley and I were stuck in Panama City. And as soon as we were allowed to really do anything, everything started to kind of open back up. She was like, I'm going to go to paramedic school. I'm like, all right, cool. She's like, why don't you just go to wrestling school? You've been talking about doing it. Because at the time, I'm, I'm still seeing in the industry as a, a backyarder. Okay. So at the time I didn't have any, you know, proper formal training. Yeah. So I could get booked on shows, but they're shows that we call like outlaw, outlaw mud, mud shows. So they're just like small groups of, you know, back backyarders that are just doing their thing, which if I didn't ha- if it wasn't so interesting to me, I would have just been fine with that. Yeah. But I had, I had been thinking about it and been talking to Ashley about it, and I was like, well, I had narrowed it down to two schools because in wrestling there's 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 actual schools. Um, and so I had narrowed it down to my sister lived in Orlando, so there was the – they used to be called the the, uh, the 3D Academy because it was uh, Devon and, uh, and Bubba Ray Dudley. Oh, okay. And I guess Bubba had moved to back to Connecticut, so it was just the Devon Dudley Academy. And I was like, okay, we could do that. Or I had seen something in or in Atlanta about something called the One Fall Factory. So I initially hit them up as the One Fall Factory. Well, I didn't know that they hadn't gotten the website updated yet, and Cody Rhodes had gotten involved. Oh, nice. So 
the story is is that Cody Rhodes, when he originally left WWE the first time after the whole Stardust gimmick and everything like that, um, he was going back on the independent scene and he was doing independent shows. And Brandy, his wife, also wanted to start wrestling and start doing other independent shows and stuff with him. So they got in contact with QT Marshall, who is an AE, he's with AEW now, um, but one of the best trainers. And I'm not just saying that because he's my trainer. Um, but he got in touch with him to train Brandy. Well, after he was training Brandy, Cody Rhodes was like, well, maybe I should get involved with this. Because yeah. QT's business partner at the time was, do um, you remember Glacier from WCW? <sighs> Glacier. Yeah, he. it's funny you're wearing that shirt. He kind of had the, the Mortal Kombat gimmick. I let me pull up a picture. Yeah, this might have been like 97, 98. Because I definitely watched then. So this was WCW? Yeah. He had like the Sub Zero gimmick. Let's see. Pulling him up now. As you're looking that up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember this guy. Yep. Had one of the most expensive entrances in all of WCW history. (laughs) Yeah. And well, his name is Ray Lloyd, and he's a phenomenal human being. But he was. He was one of the, he was the business partner with QT, and Cody Rhodes's dad, obviously Dusty Rhodes, was close friends with with Ray Lloyd. So Ray had reached out to Cody, and you know that's how Cody got in contact with QT. Cody wants to get involved with the business. They changed the name to the Nightmare Factory. Now it's it's Cody and QT School. Okay. So I see that, and I'm like, oh well. It's it, it uh, price wise, it's about the same, but if I go up to the Nightmare Factory, they also have, like, it wasn't just in ring training; it was also like weight training with um, one of the trainers that also trains a lot of the guys that are getting ready for like the combines and, and the NFL draft and that kind of thing. Okay. So I was like, all right, well, that kind of sets that apart. Let's go up there and do that. Yeah. And it was only like the third class they had done so I had gotten in at kind of the bottom level and went up there learned a lot I mean (laughs) a lot of the stuff I thought because I had been wrestling at that point for two years a year and a half two years something like that and got up there and it was just like it was night and day difference you know it was like um, but then after that I started to see more you know bigger bookings the I had an opportunity to do AEW Dark beginning of this year yeah i saw that match it was oh awesome. yeah i've been watching on my uncle's phone <laughs> yeah. but it was dope as hell yeah yeah i got uh i got some stuff in but but for the most part i got my butt kicked yeah. so i was all right with it the uh the, i got to share the ring with the iron savages and those are just those are cool guys yeah so, uh, but yeah that was that was kind of how i got started with that but yeah it was i i never intended for it to be like i tell ashley because ashley thinks it's the most silly thing that yeah. she's you know it's like you're in your underwear pretending to hit somebody <laughs> and then you're just overreacting when you get hit. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the concept. Yeah. We'll see. And that's, that's the, that's, this is why I'm so excited to talk with you on here because I, it, perfect timing as well. Right. I have been brainstorming. I just released an episode this morning, actually, that I recorded a couple of days ago. And it's all about the attitude era of WWF at the time. Right. And because I'm, I'm an overthinker. And I just like to dive into shit. And I also want to dive into some of just like some of your views on just 
other states of our country with things how because I saw some of your posts. I was like, ah, oh, I like the way this guy thinks. I saw yeah. your July fourth thing. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, my whole my whole brain was going to why why are our brains so attached to violence and sex? Like it stems from such history, and it, right. why is it such a competitive thing? Like in some areas, it's promoted heavily, and some of it's blasphemy. In other areas, it's like it's pushed to us so much in different areas and on the television. But I was like. From a young mind, I grew up in the Attitude Era. I grew up watching that shit, and I was like, there was so much sex and violence yeah, during the Attitude Era. Absolutely, I was like, and and I know my mother was aware I watched wrestling, but I don't. She never sat and watched it with me. And one thing that always stuck to this day, um, you know, we're we're both the same age. I'll be, I'm gonna be 35 next month. I'm a grown fucking man. I'm married with three kids, but I still to this day reminisce about Sable's infamous moment at <laughs> Fully Loaded when she takes her yeah. sweater off. <laughs> And exposes her bare yep. breasts with the handprints, yep. right? Yeah. Because I was like 11 years yeah. old. <laughs> exactly. And I'm watching this with my friends exactly. who are also 11 years exactly. old. And The Nitro Girls in WCW <laughs> yeah. helped me it's through like, puberty. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you see these things. Like, I remember taking family trips to California on road trips and to yeah. see family and going in and buying magazines because fucking Trish Stratus and Stacey Keebler were on the cover. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I could tell them it's a wrestling magazine, but right. I'm, you know what I'm doing with this later. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah. like... <laughs> Um, and for all the kids out there, yeah, we had to buy magazines back yep, in the day. Yep. We didn't have these cell phones. But um, but so my whole thought process was like, is our generation has it? And I I made a like statement in the beginning of the episode because like this is no way, shape, or form trying to blame the WWE for anything. I was like, right. that's not. It's, I'm just trying to explore and spark discussion of could this have anything to do with our brains and how attached we are to the sex and violence of things because it was. The Attitude Era, I, the research I did said it was generated for the age group of 18 to 34. Mm. That's who their target audience was. And I was yeah. like, that makes sense for the content they were putting out. But they also can't ignore the reality of what was, which was over a quarter of their audience was under the age of 18. Age of 18 yeah. And so I'm like, so when that much of your audience is that and you're still pushing it, you know what you're doing. Right. Because fuck yeah, it's awesome. You want to see, and I just watched another clip because you know how the algorithm works. Now we yeah. have the smart yeah, shit. Yeah. So of course, as I'm streaming through, uh, just a random video comes out of um, one of the divas. It may have been, it may have been Tori Wilson. Maybe um, she's just standing in the ring with a white shirt on. She dumps a bucket of water. Right. Over her head. <laughs> and then it shows this little boy in the audience had to be six, maybe seven years yeah. old, just losing his yep, shit. Yep. And I'm just like, there's so like, they know what I'm looking into on the internet, what I'm right, researching. Right, right, so they're right. feeding it to me. But I'm like, so I'm not the only one that thinks this way. I, I can't be. So I was right. just like, I, so I was, I was ho hoping we could talk about it a little bit Absolutely. to see what your thoughts were. Cause I, I was going through everything of this, the bras and panty matches. Yeah. Of course, we got the, the mud wrestling matches. Those are obvious. Those have been around for a while, but we know what they're doing. The the wet and wild matches, the, the spank your opponent matches, right. the bikini, like all this shit. It was just fed to us so easily. Just sex, nonstop. And my whole thought was at 11, 10, 11, 12 years old, um, even nine, I was yeah. when the attitude area, I think I was nine when it started. That's the last thing I saw before going to bed. Right. So that's all that was on my brain. That's yeah. all I was thinking about was titties and violence. Right. And I couldn't wait for the next week for it to come back in hopes of seeing something. Wardrobe malfunctions, all right. these different right, right. things. Val 
fucking Venus. Yeah. Like, this fucking guy. I'm Only like, in that era, yeah. the porn star gimmick yeah. world. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I look back and I reflect, oh, and I'm like, this God. this was real life. Yeah. The Godfather the God, and his oh hoes. He had the hoe train. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, the kids were doing this yeah, shit. Yeah. And my my favorite my favorite part of that episode I'm discussing is a whole generation of fucking ten year olds yes. is walking up to random strangers and saying, yeah. "I got two words for you," <laughs> yeah, and just yeah. and we know what we're telling them to suck, but we don't even know what the fuck right, it means. Right? Do you know how many times I got in trouble in middle school for telling a teacher to suck? Yeah, it? like it's like it's just crazy. <laughs> and you think back, you're like, no one, no wonder we're so right, fucked up. Right. No wonder. Right. And that's only a small piece of the puzzle, right. but it it was a big piece of my puzzle. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. and. At, at the age that it was happening, I, I wasn't a, so growing up in the South. I wasn't allowed to watch WWE, okay. WWF at the time. Um, I had I, so I was stuck with WCW. Huh. But as the '90s ended and the 2000s started, and the the Attitude Era was starting to really gain its steam, and WCW was starting to be really bad. Yeah. I would like at night they play they played at the same time. So at yeah. night I would I remember it was channel, um. 45 and 54. Okay. So I would just switch back and forth between 45 <laughs> and 50 because I didn't have the recall button on the, you know. So I would always switch it back because I knew my mom wasn't going to come from the other side of the house to see <laughs> if I was watching the right wrestling or not. So I would switch back over. And so I caught a lot of the Attitude Era. And I, re I remember, like, as a kid and as a, a young man going through puberty yeah. being like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> And so, so that, that aspect of it. Yeah. But as I got older, I started to like go back because, because people hold the attitude era in this just hot, especially in the wrestling industry. Um, not so much what we call workers. So people that are wrestlers, not so much, but people that are, that are genuine fans and, and to, to an extent, super fans, which take them and leave them. But they, they glorify the attitude era as like, Oh, it was the best era of wrestling. It was, this, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, you had Stone Cold, you had The Rock, you had the the anti-authority of, you know, you had Stone Cold stunning his boss. You had, you know, all of this, but you also had those terrible bra and panty matches. And, you know, if you looked over at WCW, too, you had, like, Judy Bagwell on a forklift match and, you know, Viagra on a pole match. It was just <laughs> some of the stuff that came out of that era was just stupid. And, you know, as, as a young adolescent boy get your mind set on that kind of stuff. And it was, it, if it was only 18 to 35 that they were, that was watching that, that would have been fine. But like you said, you had kids like me that were late at night going, Hey, here we go. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people got, you know, cause the whole attitude era was, uh, kind of Vince McMahon stealing ECW's thunder. Cause yeah. ECW was doing a lot of that. Um, they weren't doing so much the bra and panties matches but and all that kind of stuff. But their girls were a lot more risky. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they yeah. were bad. Those chicks were badass. They were. And the WWE, they didn't seem to put on a show. Like, they no. were there to right. show and not put on a show. Right. And it, I, I, I definitely yeah. saw that. Vince McMahon has never, and I don't, I've never worked for Vince. I've never, you know, I only know what people, what I've seen in interviews and all that kind of stuff. But he was never, especially in that era, was never really big on women's wrestling. Yeah. You know, he was more interested in, at that point, sex sells. Because yeah. you had, um, what was the big thing that was on TV that had all the, the Girls Gone Wild? Oh, yeah. You had Girls Gone Wild. You had the Howard Stern show that was real, 
Whiskey at the time. Jerry Springer was really popular. So Baywatch it was, just, it was, was probably popular. Baywatch was really popular. It was just, it was media at the time was trending in that direction. So I can see kind of how he went in that direction, but he went way overboard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, way overboard to the point where that kind of stuff would just, it would just not fly. Yeah. And that, that's what my whole episode was yeah. about. Cause I'm like, especially the Valvina shit. I'm like, that shit really, I'm like, cause I have vivid memories. I can close my eyes and still picture my young self sitting there watching him pop on the jumbotron uh-huh. in bed. And then some random chick popping up. Yeah. Did you find the remote, honey? (laughs) It's like, and even as a little, you're like, what was she doing under the covers? Right. Holy shit. Like, like, you know what they're implying. Right. You know. Or the infamous, um, the the infamous uh, feud with, with uh, Kai and Ty. Mm -hmm. Where it would choppy, choppy your pee pee. (laughs) What? (laughs) This is, this is terrible. (laughs) It's racist as hell. Like what the fuck is going on? But as again as an adolescent teen, I'm like they're gonna cut his dick off. Like, yeah. yeah, there's no way around this. They, and it, it was it, and it was a time where it was the internet was just starting to pop off and people were just starting to like it was just starting to be well known that wrestling is scripted. Yeah, and these are actors doing acting things. So a lot of people were still like, oh no, man, it's real, it's real. Like they're really gonna chop his dick off. <laughs> No, they're not going <laughs> to chop his... Like, even at, like, what was it, like 12, 13, something like that. Like, they're not going to chop his dick off. Like, that's just not... <laughs> and, but you don't know at those ages. Right, You're so right. influenceable. Like, and I don't recall ever seeing something pop up on the screen like jackass would. Mm-hmm. They, they would pop up with, these are professionals. Do not... I don't remember right. anything like, so right. what were we doing? We right. were trying all this shit Absolutely. on trampolines, in pools, Absolutely. in the hallway. And that shit hurts when you mm-hmm. don't know that mm-hmm. when you're supposed to pull back. Right. When, how far you're... I mean, even something as simple as the fucking lion tamer that Chris yeah. Jericho—that's that a real hurts submission. Movie. Really, that is a fucking real, bad. Yeah, what a lot of people don't get, especially with uh, what we call chain wrestling. So a lot of the times you'll see people like headlocks and arm, arm bars and yeah. things like that. Like you'll see a lot of people, you know, don't like unless you know what you're doing, don't imitate that because yeah. there's a lot of those holds where, yeah, if I put it on like they're putting it on on TV. It's doing nothing to that person. That no. person's reacting on their own accord. But if I make just a sudden change to that hold, it becomes a what we call a shoot hold, which means that's gonna hurt you. Yeah. You know the um, the ankle lock. That's a real submission. Yeah. The um, what's it that Ronda Ronda Rousey does an armbar. Yeah. And if you notice when she has the armbar, she turns their arm a certain way, which keeps them. Fr- you know they're able to bend it a little bit, but yeah. but if she turns it the proper way gonna break their arm yeah. like and i've real. noticed with her they generally tap pretty quick when she mm-hmm. so they don't have to hold that position too long for people to notice right that. right and like, it and it gives the allure that she's this real yeah, badass because yeah. she is she has a legit mma background yeah. she's been a champion she's the for lack of a better term the the godfather of women's yeah. mma yeah she, especially in the ufc so yeah you want her when you bring her in and you know you have you don't want this person that's a professional wrestler, it doesn't matter who it is, that has no MMA training and has never been in an actual fight, waiting three seconds or four seconds and then tapping. Yeah. Like, you don't you don't need to... Because in a match or something where it's evenly... You know, when it's evenly matched, you can have the crowd kind of bring up and go, oh, man, he's going to tap, he's going to tap, he's going to tap. And yeah. then they get to this point 
and then you tap and they erupt. You know, yeah. it's that with somebody like Rousey, you bring her in. It's not, you know, we, yes, it's scripted. Yes, it's fake. It, yeah, I don't like to use the term fake because my body really hurts. I, I always <laughs> like to, yeah, I always like to tell people, um, not choreographed. Yeah. I like to tell exactly. people choreographed with, you know, semi-scripted stories. But because right. like I, I am, of course, I struggle with this because I don't like to downplay it all because I have a high respect for the, the, um, the athleticism that is in it the uh the entertainment value of course but the the pure knowledge of how painful that shit is and the high risk that you're and the damage there's no way you can just blow it off as it's fake right, right. because there's too many wrestlers of our time that have um suffered so much long-term damage right. whether it be uh, brain injuries just spinal legs yeah. all these are, that have had long-term effects on them and you can't take that away from them by just saying it's fake. Yeah. So that's my big argument. On it. People even recently, like in the last five or six years, people have died yeah. inside of a wrestling ring. There was a guy in, um, I can't believe if, it, I can't remember if it was triple a or CMLL down in Mexico, but he was in like a six man tag match with Ray Mysterio. This was when Ray was between his stints in WWE and Ray did his little, drop kick to the feet that sends him into the middle rope so he can hit the 619 yeah. finish and guy fell wrong snapped his neck on the middle rope died <sighs> you know and it, it's stuff like like injuries that I've seen happen as a wrestler have always been from things that you're used to doing and you just don't you know it's never the oh well I took this wrong or oh I took you know um stone cold said in one, in a podcast one time that he didn't when he broke when I don't know if you know the incident where Owen Hart well picked yeah. him up and he, he oh. pile drived him. He, he gave him a pile driver, the uh, the tombstone style sit down pile driver. Um, he had he had told Owen, "Hey, I have a bad feeling about this. Maybe let's not do it." And, but when he got up there, he was like, "I fully trusted Owen because Owen had given me that move before." Yeah, he had done it before. We all knew what was going to happen. He's like, "I was sitting too low." Boom, you know, yeah. and, and and it happens, but. Went off on a tangent. I don't know where I was on that. Oh, but the the scripted matter. I always tell people that wrestling is uh, it's theater with stunts and mostly bad acting. Because for the most part, as wrestlers, we're we're overacting. Yeah. We're we're very over. We're because it's everything's big. Everything yeah. is you know you have to make sure that people in the cheap seats can see you. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know. So. And so much of it is reliant upon the response from the crowd, right? Exactly. Like um, I've learned a little bit more of it over the years. Um, you know since. Dwayne Johnson became so fucking famous. Yeah. He, of course, speaks heavily about the, the coming up in that world and what it's all about, going back and forth from it doesn't didn't matter who his dad was. He had to earn his own route through right. it. Um, it didn't matter how good he thought he was. He had, he needed the crowd to let him. It didn't matter right. who how big and talented he If he didn't have respect from his peers, he wasn't getting an opportunity. Right. Hearing all that stuff was really cool. Right. The, the time frames and shit like that, if you went over your time, like the – you know, how you can get shunned or blackballed that like yeah. so much shit yeah. goes into it. So I, I love, I follow Mick Foley's son on yeah. Twitter and I love hearing him. Like, I mean, you got to think being his son, Mick yeah. Foley is a fucking legend. Absolutely. And that man put his life on the line so much for us. 
and Man, dove off a cage yeah. for other people's enjoyment. You let yeah. people throw him on piles of thumbtacks, yeah. like all these. He threw things. himself yeah. on piles <laughs> yeah. of thumbtacks. Like the man was relentless. And you think about being that man's child, watching yeah. him do this, and yeah. like, and then having to hear idiots talk shit about it being fake right. and all this stuff. And so I love because you could tell he grew up with it. Right. So he has great responses to people, very well right. thought out, right. very um considerate and everything but i love following him on there because his his thought process not his whole different perspective yeah. i love that o'shea jackson jr ice cube's son yeah i follow him on twitter and he's a huge wrestling fan and he's always he just shuts people down like bro yeah. if you, i don't watch it because i think i'm watching real life fights right, i'm watching right. it for the entertainment value. Exactly. you watch your tv shows for entertainment i'm not on your ass saying that's not a real fucking sniper you're watching right. like get off my ass right and i was like okay so like this is what people need to realize. That argument needs to die. It that is, argument yeah. just needs to die. People need to let it go and understand it is just, it's an entertainment value. And I got a, I got a homie that um, has been on my, our other show a few times who he's, so, he's probably what would be considered a super fan. Okay. So he dives into this shit so heavily that I right. find it. So I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> like, well, he's one of those. Yeah. Like, I got you. Like, I think it was uh, this last Royal Rumble. That was the last one that I watched because right. I love Royal Rumbles, love WrestleMania. I hated WrestleMania when it's, once it became a two-day event. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's too much. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, don't make it. It's just too fucking much. Like, right. I can't dedicate a whole weekend Ugh. to this. So I haven't watched a WrestleMania since then. And then I hadn't watched a Royal Rumble in question. So I, I was like, I'm going to check this shit out. I fucking miss it. It's on. Yeah. And it's fucking... I think it's free on Peacock now. Yep, so I'm like, yep. what the fuck? They Might just, as well, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <clears throat> before that, I would get the the WWE Network trial right. for the month and watch the just shit. Just watch it. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, it was easy. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't enjoy it so much. And I was like, fuck. It's probably not as enjoyable because I have no idea what the stories are going yeah. on. I have no clue. I was like, everybody's freaking about it about Cody Rhodes being yep. back. And I'm like, yep. I didn't know he was gone. So he, it's not as epic to me. Yeah. And he was, so he was, uh, the big reaction at the rumble was this year was because he was injured for like six months, yeah. eight months or something like that. So his big return there was, was cool. Um, but a lot of people nowadays just watch the rumble for the, um, the surprise pop. Yeah. So, but it's just like, who's coming in that yeah. we haven't seen in a while, you yeah. know? Um, and this, this, this last year's rumble really wasn't, didn't really have that effect to it. Like the last, the last one I remember for me having that kind of holy shit impact was, well, I guess 2020 when edge returned, cause edge had been retired for yeah. 11 years or seven years, seven, eight years, something like that. And then he comes back, which it's always better for me when it's not ruined. So like Cody Rhodes this last, this last time coming back was kind of, down yeah downfall of the internet is it it was you know they didn't leak it but they told people hey cody's gonna return at the rumble so everybody knew he was gonna return at the rumble somehow they had managed to not tell anybody that edge was gonna return at the rumble so when his music hits and you hear that that crowd it's just insane um but before that in 2016 when um aj styles made his so when i stopped watching when WCW folded and and uh, I see the guy that does a lot of kicks, AJ Styles, high flying and kicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, um, so he, well, when WCW fold, when Vince McMahon bought WCW, I kind of stopped watching wrestling for a while. 
uh, just because I was like, oh, man, there's only one. And then, you know, and um, so, but a friend of mine brought me a tape. Back then, tape trading was a big thing. So you'd have like, you know, you'd have like WrestleMania 6 and you'd trade it to somebody who had WrestleMania 8 or something. You know, you just, you'd trade stuff around and Ring of Honor had just started. Yeah. And somebody brought me this tape, or this Ring of Honor tape. And it had, uh, I think the main event on it was CM Punk and Samoa Joe, who are, they're big now. Yeah. I mean, CM Punk was the biggest draw in wrestling 10 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, he's back now and he's still a huge draw. And on that tape was also AJ Styles. Okay. So then I kind of, through that, I learned about, you know, what was TNA at the time, Total Nonstop Action. Now it's Impact Wrestling. And, Learned that and saw that AJ Styles was on that. I was like, oh, cool. This guy, I know who this person is. Uh, and I know who Samo- you know, Samoa Joe was in there as well. So I was like, all right, I kind of know who some of these people are. It started by Jeff Jarrett. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, yeah, they got some of the old WCW guys. And, you know, then they brought, that company brought Sting in. So okay. I was a big Sting, yeah. big Sting guy. So I was like, all right, let's watch this a little bit. So I, I, I knew who he was. And when he left TNA, he went over to New Japan and just completely reinvented himself and became... You know, according to Pro Wrestling and uh, in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, PWI, whatever whatever the I stands for, um, became like their best wrestler in the world a couple of years. And then when the Rumble came around, he was a free agent, so everybody was speculating, "Oh, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna he's gonna come to the Rumble. He's gonna do the Rumble." And I'm I'm just like at this point, I'm like, ah, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way that they bring in this guy from this small promotion to give him this big lift. You know. And then I think he was like the third or fourth entrant in it. And it's, it's, if you get a chance to look at it on YouTube, they botch it. They, the camera guys or the, whoever's in the truck switching oh. the camera views oh, yeah. completely botches it. Cause when his music hits, cause the music he uses for WWE is not the same music he was using for TNA. Okay. Yeah. So like you didn't hear his music. So you're just like, what the fuck is this, this sound? And the camera's just like on Roman Reigns in the ring. <laughs> And he's looking at the tit- at the Titantron, and he's just confused. And as you look at his confused face, you hear everybody pop. Oh, okay. You, everybody just comes up, and you're like, who the fuck is it? <laughs> and they finally turn the camera to the Jumbotron, and it just reads phenomenal. And I popped. Like, I was in an Arby's on, <laughs> on my way up to visit my buddy in, in Tennessee, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's actually here. <laughs> so they... they if you look at if you actually watch it on Peacock now, they've changed it. Okay. So they, they fixed it. <laughs> but when you originally watch it, it's like, how do the how do you botch that? <laughs> like that's the biggest thing coming right now. But yeah, so there there's a it's yeah, the I've lost entirely where I was going. With <laughs> it's this. okay. I that's, just this is my problem. I go on rants and just tail all the way around. Um, what was the original conversation? <laughs> We never know on the shows. We never know. <laughs> I know we're just talking about the entertainment of the the whole foundation of wrestling as such. Um, and I know I was talking about my guy that I that's the super fan. Right. He'll like he'll live tweet through all these events, right? So yeah. it's like he's so into it. But what really bothered me is what I was saying when I watched this Royal Rumble. I was like, it's like I I just wasn't very entertained by that one. Yeah. And then I'm seeing him on Twitter, and he's like, that was epic. That was the most amazing shit. They better win a um, an Emmy from that, and I'm like, man, like, like I, like I know you understand that it's about entertainment value, and it's, you know, it's like, but that, like, what about that made you feel like it deserved an Emmy? Like, 
Really? Like I've just I've seen some great events. Yeah. I've seen wonderful ones. And I, I, I really try not to critic criticize shit I don't know much about and I don't know much about wrestling anymore. Right. So I'm like, I'm not gonna criticize and I'm I'm I try really hard, especially because I do a lot of movie reviews and shit like that, to not say things suck. Right. Just because it's not fair to say something. I don't determine what sucks and what every once in a while I feel passionate about. I'm like, no, nah, that was garbage. Yeah. But most of the time it wasn't for me. And so, like, that's what it is. I've just realized a little bit more that wrestling is not really for me anymore. I I honestly think the way times have changed, like, the Attitude Era kind of stuff would fit more today than it right. would have back then because right. sex is everywhere. Violence is everywhere now. If you watch basic cable shit, I mean, they're they're showing side boob. They're showing ass. They're showing all these things all the time. Yeah. Blood and gore that's happening a little more often, things like right, that. Right, it would just right. be more fitting. Right. And I do remember when Vince was taking that term of like women empowerment for the divas, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, cool. I'm I'm a big supporter of that, but at the same time, it doesn't match again. It's like we're in an OnlyFans era now right. where sex is everywhere. Right. We're empowering women by being free with their bodies. Yeah. Stop covering them up. But unless that's what they want to do. If they're right. saying like I don't want to show as much, cool. But it seemed to me like they were trying to they realized we have a lot of young fans. We need to start acting like it, right, targeting right. towards they it. Went, they went to the PG era, yeah. which a lot of, again, that, that 18 to 35 range, yeah. hated. Yeah. They hated having John Cena shoved down their throat. Yeah. I, the, I, I, I used to hear it every time I talked to a wrestling fan. Oh, John Cena can't wrestle. John Cena can't even, even From a wrestler's standpoint, <laughs> bullshit. <Yeah. laughs> the guy can go. Yeah. Like, there's a reason he's there. There's a reason he's at the top. Of course they're not going to make him a bad guy like yeah. they're gonna keep him like he's still the highest selling person they've got he hasn't he's wrestled one match in 2023 he wrestled one match last year and he's still like the highest selling you know merchandise that, that the wwe has yeah so it's working but also at the same time i it got stagnant i think with the storylines that they were they were telling the same storylines and and to the I'll double back to uh, the the sex part of it. I guess that's what we're gonna call it. Um, <laughs> but it's it, and I think it is kind of selling a little more, especially if you look at like the independent shows that you'll yeah. see here. But it's it's more. It's it's less. Um, what's the word? Um, not subjective. Um, keep thinking and keep talking. I'm gonna grab a beer. You need one? Um. Yeah, okay. turn the fan on too if you want. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's not as uh, they're not taking advantage of the female wrestlers as much anymore. It's the female wrestlers wanting to do it, so it, they're not exploiting. That's the word I'm looking for. They're not exploiting the female wrestlers uh, anymore. If especially in the independent scene, if a female wrestler wants to be on OnlyFans, if they want to do that, then you know, that's, that's, that's okay. That's what, you know. Um, so I think to that extent, there, there is a, there is a little bit of that. Um, but now I think it's more of a, they, they want to, like, if they're going to use their bodies, they also know that they have to be able to deliver in the ring too. Yeah. Cause if it's just no one trick ponies, right. <laughs> if it's just that one trick, then, you know, it's going to work for you. You're going to be able to sell tickets. You're going to be able to make money. You're going to be able to work. 
but also you're not going to be able to get as far as you want to get <laughs> if you can't. Yeah. Because you, you saw in, there was a wrestler in WWE a while ago, Eva Marie. Yeah, I remember. And beautiful woman. And she got all the way to the main roster. But then the fans started to turn on her. And they started, because she couldn't wrestle. Yeah. You know, she couldn't deliver. And you don't have to necessarily be good. Or, you know, you don't have to be Shawn Michaels. You don't have to be The Rock. You don't have you don't have to be... Juventud Guerrero. Yeah, you don't have to be Hoovy. You don't have to be, you know, Dan, uh, Brian Danielson. You don't have to be a guy that's... Um, you know, the best in the world, bell to bell. Yeah. You just have to be able to work. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just have, have to be able, too. yeah, you have to be able to, you know, John Cena made a living off of five moves. Yeah. Like, you know, and he, it was too. <laughs> yeah. He gets his ass kicked for yeah. 10 to 15 minutes and then he makes his comeback. Wins does the, the match. rope like, bounce, yeah. does shoulder block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shoulder block. Um, fuck, now I can't. <laughs> that's in my head. But, I don't know what they're called. Uh, the, the side, uh, Belly to back gimmick, the five knuckle shuffle, and you know, AA, and we're out of here, you know. <laughs> and he does it all so well and effortlessly, does, it seems. I mean, and he's so fluid with it yes, all. And what's great about him is he sells. Yeah. So it's just that art of, of you know, looking like you're getting your ass kicked, yeah. which from a, you know, from a good guy standpoint, that's, you know, whenever I'm, whenever I'm getting booked on a show, they all, you know, if they don't know who I am already, they always ask me, hey, do you work face or heel? Which is good guy, bad guy. Yeah. And I, I, as a professional, I'm like, I can work both, whatever you want me to do. Um, I prefer working heel yeah. because as a bad guy, you don't have to live up to these yeah. you know, you societal to rules. Yeah. yeah, I can, you know, I can tell a fan to suck it and you know, it'd, yeah. be, it'd be part, you know, just part of the show, but. Grab shit out of fans' hands and right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But also in the ring, I have to work harder. Yeah, because now I'm the one telling you know the 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 good guy, hey, you know, fight back a little bit here so that we don't lose them. Because if it just looks like I'm beating you down for 15 minutes, then when you finally come back, it's not gonna, you know, yeah. we're telling a story here. You know, yeah. this is this is you know that that's you know that's why we do it. Is it? It's to tell a story. It's to get the people involved. It's to get them, you know, interested in what's going on. Make them forget about life for 10, 15 minutes, yeah. however long the match is. And so as a heel, I really like not having to follow the rules. But when it comes to actual, like, ring, in-ring stuff, sometimes I really love being a face because I can just sit there and sell. Yeah. You know, I can just sit there and be like, oh, no, I'm back. You know? yeah. <laughs> and then when it's time for me to go, you know, we, we, you know, we go. So... It, it, yeah, it's it, John Cena has been one of the best at being that good guy, and he never turned heel. And he he was a he so he was a heel like during his uh, Doctor Thugonomics gimmick. Okay, um, and then they they turned him face. I don't know near his first WWE run when JBL was doing the whole basically Vince McMahon as a wrestler. Okay. Gimmick. Um, and then yeah, he hasn't turned heel since. They okay. they they like hinted at it a couple of times, but it was just it was one of those things where you can't turn the guy that's selling more shirts than anybody else on your roster. Yeah. And is like the epitome of a white meat baby face. You can't just go turn him heel. Yeah. Like I mean, would the 
would the minority assholes on the internet that are between the ages of like 18 and 35 <laughs> enjoy that? Of course. But then it would get old after a week and they'd be like, Oh, we want the old John Cena back. Yeah. It's just like, when yeah. all the kids, those hearts would shatter. Right. God, he's got right. such a fucking huge, huge young fan. fan base. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about him is I believe he's still to this day, every year, the number one, um, what is it? Uh, make a wish. Yeah. Make a yeah. wish. Um, there Incredible. is no one in so history, in the history of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, there is no one who has um, granted, granted more, more Make-A-Wishes yeah. than John Cena. Yeah. He has done it more than anybody else. Yeah. And that's incredible because you know that man's busy. Yeah. He's working his ass off. He's doing movies now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's so cool. I love that about him. And I right. think he's hilarious he's in movies. So, he's so <laughs> He's <fun>. so good. <laughs> I think he was, uh, I can't remember what movie it was. Was it Trainwreck where he played a drug dealer? I I want to say that's correct because yeah, it, it was, was such just, a spot. And he was hilarious in that. It was so funny. Or even his it. little cameo at the end of Daddy's Home. Oh like, my god! Like, 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 just amazing. I like. have seen somebody. So I was thinking about it. I think I saw it in the theaters with somebody. But I was thinking about it when I saw the end of it, and then I found somebody on Instagram or YouTube or something because uh, the images is he pulls up on the motorcycle, right? And he takes the <laughs> takes the helmet off, and it's it's him. And somebody posted it where. As he takes the helmet off, it just says, it's John Cena! And he starts playing the music. <laughs> fucking great. Oh, my God. Because when I'm in, when I'm watching it initially and he takes off the helmet, that's what yeah. popped into my head. And so I was like, oh, man, they missed a chance yeah. there. Like, they, they really could have done that in the movie, and it would have been great. Yeah. Well, my fa- I, I thought that one was so perfect. That role was so perfect because for so long, people were comparing to Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And I remember at one point he did some character where – Somebody called him Mark Wahlberg, and yeah. I don't know if you remember that. And he was like, "What, Mark Wahlberg, that little puny guy? I looked like the guy that ate Mark Wahlberg." Wahlberg yeah. <laughs> it's like, and he, and when you finally get to see him together, like, oh yeah. shit, he does. He does look like he yeah. ate Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> There's a huge difference there. Yeah, they get a lot of commonalities, I think, because they're both from like the Boston area. Oh, are he's they? from West, okay. uh, West Newberry, Massachusetts. Okay. They just have a area. lot of similar bone structure. They, they really do, and. And Mark Wahlberg, yeah, he's yoked, but he's way smaller than yeah. John Cena. Yeah, he's not John Cena yeah. yoked. Like. And so it's just it's so cool to see that shit. And like, I I'm probably gonna go back and forth on this a few with different directions because I don't want to get too far away from the edge because I want to hear your perspective on this. Like China, mm-hmm. as we were talking about the FEMA when I went to get the beers, I was like, shit, I missed something good because I want to. Oh, go I guess I got Because um, you were saying something about the. You know, not exploiting them and supporting them, kind of thing. But they need to they need to be able to deliver. Right. Now, China, I think, is a great example of that because she was phenomenal as a wrestler. Right. But she got so much shit from the fans about mm. she's a man. Yeah. She's got to be a man. Yeah. She's ugly. Oh, I wouldn't bone her. Oh, that's gross. Like, yeah, she's but, got one of the highest selling yeah. celebrity sex tapes of all time. So. And that's my point, right? <laughs> so like, I just wonder, cause she didn't, she got out of wrestling, I believe in like 2001, right around the time Attitude Era was leaving and she yeah. got into porn, you know, what, two, 2000, I don't know. Right. 14 at the latest. I and mean, it wasn't too long before, but I'm like, I just wonder how much of that got in her head of like, I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I worked my ass off to, to entertain, to be an athlete, to be taken seriously, and I got all this negative um, critique and all this shit, so I'm leaving it behind, and I want to be a woman. And, of course, how do we kind of value ourselves with our sexuality other than being desired? Right. So she went and got into porn, and it's like, yeah, um, oh, yeah, she is a woman. 
Right? Yeah, she is a woman. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. she's in that ring sucking six dicks right now. Right. She's a woman. Now everybody's going to know it. Right. And now all these people that are hating on her are thinking like, oh, damn. Yeah. Maybe I would bone her. Oh, maybe I would. I don't know. Yeah. And then she died so shortly after. And yeah. I think she was only like 45 years old or something. And that's so sad. And you think about these stories and all right. that. And I don't know. I, I Like I said, overthinker. Right. Always thinking about this shit because it's. I love the entertainment world. I love movies, love music, love TV, love it all. Sports. I'm just like, these people, they put so much out there for us. People are so relentless, especially since the internet took over. Right. It's like we're unforgiving for no reason. We're looking for reasons to hate for no reason. There's so much real shit out there for us to be pissed off about. Right. And we get on these people's asses for these little stupid things. And it's like, they are human beings. They right. re- they're humans. Exactly. They are. Like, we... we Treat them like garbage just because of one mistake or one flawless moment in their life. And right. it's just so so sad to see that. So I love seeing these successes. And so when I was when I was doing that other episode, I was like really involved in also looking at their networks because like I hope that they're doing okay now. Right. And I was like, and most of them seem to be doing okay. Some are doing better than others, of course. And that's when I really realized, of course, it's obvious Dwayne Johnson's success is so high. But when I saw the net worth difference between him and everybody else, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, that man really just... I, I thought it was a joke when they said he was the highest paying actor in Hollywood. He's not. Yeah. He it's That's not a joke. He yeah. is the highest paid actor it's in insane. Hollywood. Like, like. He, he may <laughs> honestly be the only insane. thing that can save the Fast and the Furious franchise at this point. Oh, my God. <laughs> because I don't know if you oh. keep up with that franchise. I lost track when they... <laughs> When they had two Dodge Chargers pull an entire bank vault out of a wall, I was like, I'm done. There's no, I was I don't, still in. I, I was don't still know in much there. about cars at all. Like, I can put gas in them and change the oil from a, on occasion. But I definitely know two Dodge Chargers could not pull that bank vault out of a wall. I think it was a movie after, because I just watched the 10th one. Mm-hmm. And, and it was the worst one of all. It was absolutely terrible. It's so, and I really I think. was supposed to wrap up, thing, wasn't it? No, they got two more coming. Oh, so let me let me tell How you. How would you end it with twelve? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh wait, ten, eleven. Yeah, that's gonna be weird because they're gonna. From what I hear, the twelfth one's gonna be called Fast XXX because it was Fast X for ten. Fast eleven will be Fast XX, which is weird. That doesn't make any that's sense. That's twenty. Like, yeah. how are we jumping from ten to twenty? Yeah. So we'll see if that's really the way it goes. Right. But as I'm walking out of the theater, <laughs> I I hear these two guys going. Um, they're walking out of the theater while, while I'm walking out. They go, man, this is this is a trip, man. Like, I'm telling you, like, it's called Fast X. The next one's Fast XX, and the final one's going to be Fast XX. And that's when we're finally going to realize that Dominic Toretto was truly Xander Cage this whole time. Oh my God. <laughs> I was just about to say that. I was like, is he going to play both roles yeah. in this? Or like, so I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Is that the plan? Is that are they really going to merge these two friends? God yeah. damn it! <laughs> and so, and I wouldn't put it past them at this point. I really it, wouldn't. But, but what's you know? Spoiler alert: the movie's been out for a little while now. At the the end credit scene of Fast X, it shows The Rock is coming back. Okay, and I was yeah. like, I was like, that's probably the only fucking thing that's going to really say because I didn't hear one good review about this movie, yeah. none. And. I like I said, I'm pretty for I'm pretty forgiving. I'm pretty understand. If it's not for me, I'll still try to highlight some good things. I'll say right, what I didn't right. enjoy, what I wish I would have saw. That movie sucked. Yeah, it was really fucking bad. And the storyline took a really bad turn once they decided to try to make us believe that John Cena and Vin Diesel were brothers. <laughs> 
Yeah, I saw that in the last movie. Because like, I don't think I've, I, I honestly don't think I've watched it since like Fast 6 or 7. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember which lo- last one I watched. But I remember seeing like the the trailer yeah. of that. And I'm like, first of all, that's a, that's a, a twist you don't put in a fucking yeah. trailer. Like that's like putting Luke, I'm your father in the fucking trailer. Like, you know, yeah. I'm like, that's not, you know, but, and I was like, there's no fucking way they're going to say that John Cena... are they half brothers step brothers it it looks like they're fucking full brother like Like, and foster brothers like that would make more sense to me you know no like they're sitting there talking about yeah well dad said this or dad and and in fast nine or f9 whatever they call they they do such weird decisions with their titles in the series but they they did a cool thing because they they brought in this stupid ass storyline. You're like, what? Nobody, nobody. You guys don't look alike. You don't mm-hmm. talk alike. Right. They're trying to sell us to the point that Vin Diesel's Hispanic in the series. Now you're trying to make us believe John, John Cena is Hispanic. also Hispanic, and they have the same mom and dad. Like, what the fuck are you doing? But they do a uh, like a pre origin story flashbacks. Okay. In F nine, and I'm like. This is kind of dope because the actors they picked for them as as younger guys they 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 could be sold as younger versions of Vin Diesel and John Cena. I love when movies do that. And so I was like, this is the way to go. Let go of the other shit. Finish it up and do one origin story with these yes. guys. Because do what Marvel's doing and yeah. do a bunch of origin story <laughs> yeah. movies. You know, and it's like just stop making us believe that you can stand on a seventy mile per hour car and catch another car midair. Stop making us think that this is happening. Stop. But even seeing that, it's still more believable than Vin Diesel and John Cena B brothers. Seeing you jump a Ferrari from yeah. one skyscraper to yeah. another is more believable. I'm than pretty sure John Cena. Pretty sure The Rock like caught a helicopter with one arm. On the back of a truck and held it in its place, like in one of the movies. Jesus. But in, in F in cool. FX, no, F, Fast X, yeah. My biggest thing that I didn't when I did my review on the show, I didn't. It was fresh, so I didn't want to spoil anything. But now it's been out a while. There's a scene in the movie at the end where it's like the big conclusion spot before they end, and you realize another movie's coming, where his son is essentially being kidnapped by Jason Momoa. <laughs> Which don't try to make me think Jason Momoa is a bad guy. Yeah. Like, come on. Oh, he that was that was the worst. <laughs> I think Jason Momoa is awesome. Yeah. I think he's dope. I think it he's looks cool. like his character in that movie too is yeah. entertaining. But but he's you could tell he overstudied like the Joker, uh, and it it doesn't work. Uh, it just doesn't work for him. Yeah. Like he you could see it just didn't fit any of the vibes of it, it they, and i'm big on energy energy has yeah. got to match if it's not right. matching which i'm sure you appreciate as a re- in the wrestling Absolutely. scenario like you have to match each other's energy. you have right. to be there pick it up pull it down with each other it didn't match it didn't match at all but there's a scene where he's he's driving away with this this kid in the car and dom or vin diesel's character you know is driving next to it and he like swings his door open and goes it's time son or something like that and his son while Vin Diesel's like swinging his car around, his son dives out of Jason Momoa's car with his hand raised, and they're going fast. And he, there's no weird, awkward bends. No, it's just a perfect straight line. While one car's turning, but it's still a perfect straight line. And Dom grabs him by the arm and pulls him perfectly into his car. Just defying physics <laughs> yeah, yeah. at this point. None of it makes sense. It is the corniest looking scene in the world. And you're like, 
don't these movies have like five hundred million dollar budgets at this point? Centripetal like, force yeah. no longer like, exists. Like you can, you we deserve better. God. We all deserve better. Uh, I should have known it was going to go downhill. <laughs> where in Too Fast, Too Furious, they jumped a car onto a boat. Like I should have known. But it was again, go down in like in like <laughs> Fast Six or Seven, I think they jumped a car from one building to another. Yeah, in Saudi the Ferrari so, from yeah, one skyscraper to another. Still yeah. more believable than John Cena and Vin Diesel brothers. So I watch a lot of uh, like uh, Watch Mojo and stuff on on YouTube mm-hmm. and. I think one of the it might it might have been Watch Mojo it might have been something else but it was um, they were talking about the Fast and Furious movies and how you know they they don't make any sense and they you know all this and they're saying the two most realistic uh, Fast and Furious movies that they had that would make the most sense in real life is the original Fast and Furious yeah. and Tokyo Drift Probably, those are the two yeah. <laughs> that yeah. are the most logical sense yeah no <laughs> I, I'm with it and I loved I don't know why people didn't like it initially but I loved Tokyo Drift. Well, I think people didn't like because Vin Diesel wasn't in it. Paul right. Walker wasn't in it. So, Vin Diesel was in it. Well, at the very, at the very end, end yeah, but I he mean, was in yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like, I, I think it was a great movie. I think they did a great job. I th- and, yeah. of course, it makes sense as it was built into the franchise. Right. I know it's they just, bring him back, but I, yeah. I don't know how in the franchise. Yeah, he comes back. I stopped watching before. In they nine, I think. Okay. And, of course, Han was a big part of it moving forward. Right, right. Excuse me. Um. Just it it was clear as day that they made an, a wonderful first movie right. that everybody loved, and they're like, "Oh fuck, we can't it let it so, end." It was genuine. Yeah. it was so it, it was real, relatable. Yeah, it felt like this. All this shit could happen. Yeah, it made every kid yeah. that I knew want to get a, a fucking streetcar yeah. and just join a car race. club or like work on things. Yeah, like, and. And it, it was. It was naturally about loyalty. It was about family. Yeah. It was about, you know, not not bending over to just the rules just because of yeah. that. It's like, no, don't right. let that allow that take away from your freedom and your enjoyment of life. Things like there's so much greatness about the first movie. Right. And then so I recently learned that Ja Rule was supposed to have the main role in Fast in, in Furious uh, Two. Too too fast. Yeah. 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 And he had conflicting schedules. So that's how right. Luda got the call and got Which the opportunity. Great. Yeah. Yeah, Ja Rule would have been Luda. really weird. Would in not, the whole yeah. Because um, Luda and Tyrese were hilarious together when they brought that combo <laughs> in. Um, but it just felt like they never knew that they were going to have another movie after each one concluded. And so they just kept trying to piece them together. Right, right. And then they had this clusterfuck of pretty decent movies, but they're trying to fit. How do we make it all together now? Yeah, how do we fit And this like, together? oh yeah, shit, yeah. we have a really expensive cast now. And we keep getting more money because mm-hmm. they're doing so well. So let's, instead of making the story, hiring better writers, coming up with better plots, let's hire more actors. Let's yeah. hire more. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> just, let's try and do what Marvel's doing. Yeah. And just bring out a whole bunch of people and just say, fuck the script, fuck the story. Let's, which, I mean, Marvel isn't necessarily doing that. The scripts are still, you know, I, I think a lot of people are giving Marvel way too much, you know, backlash right now with the movies they're putting out because they put out so many good movies right at the beginning well, it was hard at they, how do you follow endgame exactly I mean, that was exactly they, they they had a lot of really shitty ones right. after. i mean not even really shitty just in comparison right by comparison yeah. that's that's where i was getting at it so as a wrestling you know as a wrestler and as a wrestling fan i'm able to kind of okay let's separate these yeah let's that's why you know 
That's why comic book movies never really bothered me because the little comic books I read as a kid, I was not expecting the movies. I was expecting them to be two separate entities. Mm-hmm. It's like you have the comic book, you have the movie. The movie's a different telling of the story. So, and, and so I try to watch these movies as like, okay, they're their own entity. Yes, they're within this bigger storyline and this bigger plot, but this is their own movie. Yeah. And I can't compare... I don't like the Ant-Man and Wasp movies. I'm just not a big Ant-Man person. But I'm not going to watch that movie expecting it to be Endgame yeah. or expecting it to be you know, Age of Ultron. Or I, people, people shit on uh, Love and Thunder. Mm. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was hysterical. It was beautifully written. It was beautifully acted. It was just it was just a funny fucking movie, and people gave it so much shit. And I'm like, that's the that's probably at this point my favorite Marvel movie that's ever been made, other than, I guess, Deadpool's now considered a Marvel movie. But so that you know, it's like you have to you have to turn. It's almost like you have to turn your brain off yeah. in certain spots to be like, okay, this is its own entity. Well, and that's always the key: being open minded to what. And we set ourselves up for failure all the time with our expectations, right? I'm when I hated Love and Thunder. Yeah. I hated it because I I felt they tried way too hard to be funny yeah. with Thor and is it Bjor his his ham or uh, Mjolnir is it, is it Mjolnir yeah. You, yeah yeah right. Yeah. Is that the one he kept like having the conversation with? Like, don't do this to me. I'm like, oh, oh no, you're talking about. Um, fuck. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the new hammer either. Oh, it's the new uh, one. The new one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Milner was the old. Yeah, was the, the traditional. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So whatever that relation, I was like, like they. But honestly, if they would have fixed one thing for me, those fucking screaming yaks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I loved the screaming yaks. Like two. <laughs> Too loud, yeah. Too much, yeah, and I'm yeah, just yeah. like, I was going nuts. I'm like, why are they pushing? They're, I just felt they were trying too hard yeah. to be funny, and they, they're better when they don't try too hard. Because right. Chris Hemsworth is hilarious He's naturally, yeah. And the preview, I hate when they give too much away in the previews. We kind of touched on that a little yeah, bit earlier, yeah. and like the, the the scene where he gets stripped, right? Yeah, and all that. Like, just really hilarious. It, but it, I saw the preview so many times, and when it came, it just wasn't as it funny did. Yeah, anymore. right, right, right. And it was like, that. I know this is a hilarious scene. Hilarious. Right. And, of course, the sex appeals there for the ladies. All right. They all course, generated that. Yeah, yeah. So it's great. But it was oversold so much in the promotion. And you don't have to oversell the promotion in these movies. They already did it. Right. Um, he, people in the theater, when I was watching it, they, they popped more when four hit Zeus with that thunderbolt yeah. than they did with, you know, and I'm like, that makes sense. Nobody value. fucking yeah. knew that was coming. And it was going back to the wrestling thing. It's like, okay, people were excited when Cody Rhodes came back th- during the rumble, but people knew it was happening. Yeah. When edge came back in 2020, lost their nobody wasn't expecting it. So they lost their fucking minds. <laughs> like that's kind of the, the, and, and I get it from a story, uh, a storytelling standpoint too. Cause you don't necessarily, you don't want them to overreact or to get that big reaction to her. Yeah. You know, cause that, that's the thing with wrestling too, where if you're, if you're in a part of the match and you've got to go 12 minutes and you get to a point where people are losing their shit at six minutes, yeah, you better f- fucking go home. Yeah. Like just end the match there yeah. because 
they're not going to stay that way for six minutes. They're going to lose that about 30, 45 seconds, and then the back end of that match is just going to be... And you have to reach that again. Right, and it's, it's like so making them come twice. Hard. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's yeah. Exact, that's the, that is the exact um, analogy that we use. Yeah. Is like you don't want to make them come too quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you want you want to control when you know when they orgasm. Yeah. You know so, and you have to know. You know that's that's a hard part of being a wrestler is because you have to you have to feel that you yeah. have to know that you have to you know feel when that audience is. And I'm sure there there's wrestlers out there that are so engaged and in tune with it that they know that they can make them come again. Oh yeah. So yeah, they yeah. know that. Absolutely. And then there's others that of course they're going to do it and then right. keep it going too long and then leave them a little unsaid and then they forget right. they came in the first place. Right. And right. it's all that shit. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough business, I'm sure. Yeah. And 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 the but we have the we have the kind of we have the the value of having that live reaction. Yeah. So we know. Yeah. Like okay, they're getting there. They're getting there. So when, as a bad guy, when I feel the crowd kind of coming alive for the, you know, the, you know, I get, I give the what we call a hope spot. I get, I give the, the the good guy a chance to come back, and he's he's rocking and rolling, and the the crowd's starting to come up. The crowd's starting to come up, and I feel him getting to that point. That's when I know to cut off the bit. That's yeah. when I know to cut him off. Yeah. It's like, ah, nope, nope, we're back here. Nope, you're not getting at that. So they kind of come, and I did a I did a tag match with this tag team that's uh, called the, uh, oh, my God, I can't, they're going to kill me because I don't remember their their tag name. Um, but they're like four-time NWA tag champs. They're, they're, they've been doing this a long time. And my tag partner is smaller than me. So it, traditionally in this old-school mentality of wrestling, the small guy, t- if because we were faces at the time, so the small guy is the one that takes all the beating, and then he gives the hot tag to the bigger guy. Bigger kind comes in, crowd gets the big reaction, and he kind of gets going. So I'm sitting there on the apron, and it was really cool because I get to see these guys who have been doing this for a long time, and I get to hear the crowd kind of come up. And as they're coming up, as as you know, my tag partner's kind of getting some stuff in. They're coming up, they're coming up, and they're cutting, they're cutting them off just at the right time. Yeah, right time, and they're listening to the crowd. And but in movies, yeah, you kind of got to go because oh, you're delivering a finished product, yeah. right? 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 And you know, wrestling kind of felt that way, at least WWE during the pandemic. I was going to ask what crowds, your thoughts you that were like, and then when they started doing the screen crowds, did you see? Yeah, that? yeah, that was a little that, weird. That I didn't like that. The, when they I called turned it the, the Thunderdome. T- yeah, when I turned <laughs> the TV on and saw all these screens of faces, I was like, I don't like where yeah. we're going and they right didn't, now. At, it was funny at first because. They weren't screening them too well, mm. so you had people that were, because basically they would you would, I don't remember how it worked. I think you bought a ticket and then like you got to be a part of the Zoom call, yeah. right? That was, well, I saw like Little Wayne at one of them. Yeah, like <laughs> he was. It wasn't Little Wayne. Oh, it was, was it? It was a a, a picture oh, that God. somebody had put <laughs> over, you know, and people were doing that. They were putting like. Pictures of their ass on, <laughs> on these, of things. course. They and it became it became this kind of for the first like two or three months of them doing it, it became this joke of like people would only watch Raw and SmackDown to see what they could fucking point out, you know. And finally, they started screening them a little bit more, and it, it, it didn't happen anymore. But man, that was <laughs> that was a that was a weird era in wrestling because you had. You had WWE, who was really the only one at that time that could do that on a big level. Um, but then, luckily, AEW, they were running out of Florida. So, they, you know, 
Florida didn't give a shit about any of that. They thought it was fake anyway. So (laughs) they, you know, they did very little. So they only would allow so many people in the crowd. Um, But at first they weren't allowing anybody in the crowd. But AEW did this amazing thing that WWE picked up on where they would have the wrestlers in the back because they were only allowed so many people in the, in the building. Mm. So what they would do is, is any of the wrestlers that weren't working that match or weren't in the next match or however many matches afterwards, they were in their street gear in the crowd with masks on and social distance. So it was like, and WWE picked up on it eventually and started doing that, but that's great. That made it even, even cooler because now you have people that are wrestlers. So they, they know who we're supposed to cheer for, who we're supposed. So it's almost like they could manipulate the people watching at home. Like, Oh, this is the good guy. So (laughs) you hear everybody cheering for him. So you're going to cheer for him too. Um, but that was, a, yeah, that was a weird, weird time because there was a solid, ugh. well, for me it was longer, but there was there was a good two or three months where there weren't wrestling shows. Um, and then I thought it was going to be longer. So in August of 2020, I decided I was just going to go, I had had this weird injury that had been nagging me since I was, you know, playing sports. It was a slap tear, so mm-hmm. uh, and a bicep tendonitis in my right, or my left shoulder. So I was just like, all right, well, I'm not going to be able to wrestle for however long, so I might as well go ahead and get this two thing weeks. fixed. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so I might as well just go ahead and get this thing fixed and be done with it. Curve the problem uh, in two weeks. Yeah, right? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and as soon as I booked the surgery, one of the companies that I worked for in, in, in Florida was like, all right, we're going to start working our shows again. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so immediately coming back, and luckily at the time I was a good guy, so – all they had to do was like write me off the show. So they had a couple of bad guys jump me and, you know, hack yeah. my shoulder. And, you know, so I was, I was out for like six months, you know, suffering or, you know, dealing with that. But that also kind of helped me with the transition of, okay, I need to go to get actual training. Yeah. So that was like, all right, when I'm, when I'm cleared, I'm going to go get actual training and get, you know, because, um, a wrestler by the name of Storm Thomas who told me that you're never going to be booked on bigger and higher paying shows if the promoters still see you as a backyard. Mm. So that's why I went and got the, the training yeah. so I could get booked on better shows. And, you know, I have. So <laughs> it worked out pretty well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's you know, you have to you know, give them that balance. Of, yeah. you know, but I like um, – so does that mean? So when you mentioned that the, uh, the months of no show did did uh, Raw stop too? Did they lose their streak of being the longest running weekly show? No, they still. Run. Oh, they kept going. Yeah, okay. they they kept going. They just went to. Um, uh, at first, they were doing everything out of the Performance Center. Okay. So their their training grounds in Orlando, um, and it was basically it was nobody in the crowd. Yeah. It was just they were doing the wrestling show, and there's there's. Um, <laughs> there's videos on YouTube somewhere that got leaked where whenever they would go to commercial, you <laughs> you would hear somebody yell cut oh. and the wrestlers would just stop wrestling. Oh, shit. Because it's like, why the fuck am I going to put you in a rest hold when nobody's yeah. fucking watching? Like, there's no crowd here. Yeah. Nobody's going to. So it was, it was, <laughs> it was pretty funny watching it. So, but that, it, it brought, but the, the good side of it was is it brought, it brought out these, these, um, what we call cinematic matches. So at that year's WrestleMania, you had 
um, AJ Styles versus uh, The Undertaker in a boneyard match. Okay. So it was like this cinematic match of them in this boneyard just wrestling each other in a boneyard. And uh, you had the, I think it was John Cena versus Bray Wyatt in a funhouse match or something like that. It was just these different concepts. They were forced to think different ways and, and bring these stories to life. So it was kind of it was kind of cool in that aspect because yeah. you had these. Well, I'm glad to hear they did something like because I was worried for wrestling during that. I was I mean I was worried for a lot of things of course, yeah. but for wrestling specifically, the in general, yeah. I was like you can the bubble in the NBA you can play basket. Real ballers will put their heart and soul on the on the fucking concrete playing hoop on the streets. Right. They don't care who's watching. They're they're competing with each other right. full force. They don't need the energy of the crowd. Yeah, does it help? Does it but they don't need it. Mm. Wrestling's so heavily dependent on it because of that story. Yeah. Because of the because not every decision of who's gonna win is made beforehand, right? They happen in between the matches sometimes, so, don't they? So who we call it going over. So whoever goes over, that's normal that's Hundred percent of the time predetermined. Okay, um, and most times what you'll get now at at a higher level it's different because you'll have producers and people telling you, "Hey, we need you to make sure you get this so that they can get the right angle," or you know, if you're going to do this move, make sure you do it this way so yeah. that this camera gets you that that kind of thing. Um, and you'll have people that are most times producers will be like former wrestlers, like wrestlers that have just retired or whatever. So they can kind of give you an idea of like, hey, instead of doing this, what if you did this? It would make more sense kind of thing, you know. Um, but in on the independent scene, you get, you, you'll you normally get who's going over and how long you have. Okay. Um, if, if the promoter wants it to be like a DQ finish, they'll tell you, hey, you're going over DQ. You got 10 to 15, you know, or, you know, if you're going over clean, that means no interference, just, you know, you're just going to win him outright. You're just going to win outright. Um, so they'll normally give you that if they want it. Um, but other than that, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> and then you're it's just it's on you and the guy you're working with to, you know, fill the blanks. So they and, – and some some promoters, too, will tell you, okay, this is the story we're trying to tell. So they'll be like, hey, you're the new hot – person we're going to try and build you as this or let's go the other way like you're you're this you're our next heel like our next good heel we want to build you as this big evil badass so that this is how we want it to work so that you know when i wrestled uh for example when i wrestled on aew dark they obviously i knew going into this i was not going over yeah like i'm there as enhancement talent i'm there to get the other guys over um and as I get there, they're like, you know, they're start after I know who I'm wrestling. They're telling me, um, okay, so these are this is how we're pushing these guys. This is what we want them to do. Um, we don't want them to bump, which means you're not gonna knock them down. Yeah, you know. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, that made it kind of a little bit, you know, because it, it, for me it's fun because now it's like, all right, cool. I got to figure out how to get my shit in without within their parameters, yeah. which is cool, and. Luckily, those guys, like I said, I, I cannot speak highly enough about them because they gave me more than they needed to. Like, they could have just come out and been like, we're just going to, you know, we're going to whoop your ass for five minutes and then pin you. Yeah. Like, and I would have been fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, cool. I'm on TV. I don't care. <laughs> um, but no, they came out and, you know, they asked me, you know, hey, what do you normally do? And that's kind of a, a, 
I think too is especially if you're a wrestler that's been wrestling longer than the person you're wrestling with. Mm-hmm. You normally ask them, you know, hey, how long have you been wrestling? You know, what do you like to do in matches? Because you hear the five moves of doom thing, but that's that's kind of a thing. Like if you watch a lot of wrestlers, they'll have a lot of the same combinations. They'll yeah. have they get into them different ways, but they have a lot of the same shit that they do. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I do these kicks, and you know, I'm, I'm I have a martial arts background, so I do all the a lot of a lot of the kicks and stuff like that. And they're like, all right, cool. That's how we'll start it. Is like, you know, as soon as the bell rings, just give me some some leg checks. I'm like, all right, cool, I can do that. And I'm like, and then you know, I'll I'll throw something, duck it, give me. Uh, they're called muda kicks, so that's the kick, kick, spin kick. Um, give me that. I'll you know, I'll I'll register it. I'll sell back a little bit. You know, then go to give me a. He wanted me to give him a. Clothesline, but I was like, what if I just give you a kick to, he's like, oh, that's even better. Yeah. You know, he's like, give me the kick to the, the chest. I'll, I'll, what we call no sell. He's like, I won't sell it. And so, he, you know, he'll get angry at me. He's oh, like, okay. give me another one. I was like, all right. And he's like, on the second one, I'll grab it, throw you down, give you, another, you know, and then we kind of work from there. And it was funny because in the match, I gave him the second one and he was supposed to catch it and he didn't. And, when I saw him, I was like, did he, at the second, I was like, did he mean to catch that? And he just didn't. He's like, no, give me another one. All right, cool. <laughs> so I went and gave him the third one. That's when he caught it. And, um, but it's, it's, and it, that's part of that feeling. It yeah. was like, he knew that, se- like him catching that second one, he knew wouldn't have registered with the crowd as yeah. good as that third one. did. Um, and I slapped my leg on stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's that, uh, it, it's you and the person you're with and, you kind of have to just work through it. Yeah, like a dance partner. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's a dance. It yeah. is. And it is, it's, there's a reason they call it sports entertainment. Yeah. Is Yes, it looks like sports. Yes, we are very athletic. Yes, we are putting our bodies on the line for strangers that we've never met in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a, it is entertainment. It's a dance. We're putting a story on. Now, when I go get this next beer, I mm-hmm. want to hear your thoughts on gambling being legalized for WWE events. Gambling being that's have you heard about this? I have not. So it's I believe two states have approved in for legal gambling on WWE events. Tell me your thoughts. Okay, okay. <laughs> that, hmm. You want me to wait till you sit back down to give you the thoughts or just start going? <laughs> Cause uh oh God, that's well, that would be a way for Vegas to definitely be in charge of that outcome. Cause that's uh, as I guess if it's if it's because because Vegas does it does a lot of different uh, like betting and things like that. So you don't just bet on the outcome of the match. Yeah, like you can bet on how long the match is supposed how to go, it'll which is finish, yeah, yeah. The, the finish of the match, um, which I guess you know stuff like that could could be beneficial. But I the. It's troubling, isn't yeah, it? it was, I could see by your face. You're like, how is this going to work? Well, yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't think it's so much troubling as, like, I don't think it should happen. I'm just like, how are they going to bet on it? Like, how are they going to do it with it being, like, an actual, you know? Yeah. Well, for, for somebody that's in the business, I'm sure it's got its massive benefits of knowing it'll bring in more engagement. Right, absolutely. More engagement for sure. Um, gambling just makes things more interesting. Yeah. I mean, when, when me and my guys get the UFC fights – we love the fights no matter what, but we put a dollar on a fight. Right. It makes it more interesting. Yeah. It's just a fucking dollar. Yeah. Like I did my first sports bet this week, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause it's not like we don't have casinos or anything out in, out in South Carolina and definitely not in Florida. 
Um, but so I, I saw it and I was like, oh, this is cool. So I'm like, I had to, I had my phone in front of me cause I'm good. Cause I don't know a lot about sports betting. Like I know what an over under is and, I, yeah. and stuff like that, but I'm looking at like run lines and things like this for baseball games. Cause that's the only real sport that's kind of going on right now. Yeah. And I saw that, you know, this, these parlay vote, you know, things. And, and I finally did a one that like, there was three different games and like, I just bet on who was going to score first, uh-huh. you know? And I, I guess that is something that wrestling could do. Like, you would bet on which which person's going to get a pin attempt yeah. first. Yeah, you know, so that something like that could be, you know, interesting. Um, I just you, I gambling concerns me anyways mm-hmm. because our history and our nation anyways shows that it gets manipulated and corrupted. Absolutely, and, absolutely. Um, you know, whenever <laughs> there's money involved, there's going to be some dirty. There's going to be some corruption. On. Yeah, and that's what's always kept me from wanting to do it on a larger scale because I'm I'm tempted. Like I love. Yeah putting my predictions out and I love waiting to see how close I was. And I'm, I'm a pretty good analyzer. I, I'm, I've always been an observer anyways. Am I wrong? Of course. Can't be right all the time. But for the most part, I mean, I get into some fucking, I don't, I wouldn't say I get in arguments, but I spark them some fucking shit with people online because they are really passionate and the internet's toxic as fuck. I just don't like to engage back with them. Yeah. But (laughs) when I fucking spark these things, sometimes I get all these fucking haters commenting on things like, well, you're stupid. You're fucking fair (laughs) weather or, uh, What's that term they like to use now? Uh, ca- casual, casual, oh, casual fan, and it's yeah. like it's like, bro, shut the fuck up. Watch right. the fight, and then it, it'll go down how I said. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not some chump. Let's just right. I watch a lot of shit. Yeah, and and yeah, I want to go back and be like, hey, what'd you say, bitch? Yeah. But I know better. <laughs> but it still terrifies me to put money on the line because. Yeah. There's so much that can go wrong. There's so much that can be changed. And, of course, you see those money lines. You know the And we've heard about people, people in the UFC currently, people in, um, uh, I don't know if it's Bellator or maybe it's one championship. There's whole teams that are being fucking banned and suspended for for falling into these bets. And yeah. It's well, look at what happened tempting. with FIFA years ago. Oh, I don't know what happened they, with FIFA. They, um, they got, they were, I don't know the exact details, but I remember they being super corrupt. And, like, they had to completely restructure everybody on that board and everybody in charge of, of FIFA because they got in some, some pretty deep shit. Damn. See, it, you hear those things, and you're just like, ah. Yeah. It, I just, it just worries the fuck out of me. Yeah. And when something's already built as an entertainment business, already has script and storylines, right? they're already in tune with fan engagement because right. they're, you know that they have a massive... Um, staffing of people who are just hired to monitor online engagement to see right. what fans are saying about right. things. Right. How many people tuned in during this match? How many people tuned out when this changed? How many people stopped watching once Ronda Rousey started or left? All these right. different things, they're watching it. They're, they're paid to. What are they going to do when they start seeing those betting lines? And all of a sudden they're like, Ronda Rousey is the minus 2,200 favorite to yep. win. yep. They're gonna make her lose right. because it's a big payout. Right. Like they put her against somebody that knows that she's yeah. All of a sudden, Becky on Lynch, the is like, yeah, yeah. Like it's just all these different things. Right, right. It's gonna be manipulated. That right. scares me. Yeah. But for the business aspect, I'm like, cool. Everybody can win. There's right. enough money right. out there. Enough Pete fans and everybody. Everybody can win. I'm sick of greed. Greed yeah. drives me yep. insane. Insane. <laughs> same here. Same here. And it's it's to me. I I, I love to tell uh, any like. Fans that get too into it, and I'm guilty of it too. Like I get way too into my teams, and I always have to remind myself, and I like to remind other people sometimes that it's all—it's it's 
all a work. Like it's all predetermined. Like, you know, you, and I'm a big Patriots fan. I'm, we were talking about this earlier. I've been a Patriots fan far, you know, since before since Brady. Bledsoe. Yeah. yeah. And pre, pre Brady, pre, pre Belichick. Like, <laughs> but I, I realized, you know, as I got older that, Oh shit. The the NFL's big up, built up this mega heel. Yeah. That you look at like everybody talks shit about them on the internet. Everybody. So, what's the high like? What's the 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 Super Bowl that everybody outside of New England fans remember? They remember the two Super Bowls against the Giants. Why? Because this. Brady was the Floyd Mayweather of the NFL. Yeah, everybody he wanted to see he, him. Fan. Yeah, he was. He was the you know. The Hollywood Hulk Hogan of you know he was this big you know so. When you have a guy like Eli Manning and that that Giants team that honestly had no right being in those Super Bowls, they were not good. Well, they were good teams. Obviously, they got to a Super Bowl, but they weren't on that caliber of an undefeated Patriots team, or you know. But they get there and somehow beat them. Yeah. And I'm not <laughs> saying it was you know all that was was done that way, but I, even as a Patriots fan, Tom Brady gets suspended for four games. That same season we won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, everything. Yeah. You, you were, what, what blew my you mind know. is when Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers yeah. and Gronkowski retired. But when Tom Brady went, all of a sudden they were able to Comes pull back. Gronkowski and get him on. Yeah, and they like, win what a the Super Bowl. And they win a Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. the first first time I'm out. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Geez, like just there's so much going right. on. LeBron James goes to the L, goes to the Lakers and they immediately win a <laughs> championship after being terrible for God knows how long. Yeah. A yeah. lot of. A lot of people don't even count that one because it was the, they call it the bubble trophy or something. Yeah, I don't count it because I'm a Celtics fan, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the that was the one that like so forever the Celtics have always been like the most decorated. We had yeah. set we have 17 championships, and the team that was always the closest behind us was the Lakers, and that bubble championship was their 17th <laughs> yeah. championship. So it's like, oh well, the Lakers and the Celtics now both have 17, and I'm like, no. <laughs> No, and we this have is, seventeen real champions. They got sixteen and a bubble trip. This, yeah. <laughs> well, th- well. See, this is this is actually my argument against it is, um, the the Boston Celtics have seventeen championships. The Los Angeles uh, Lakers, because they were Minneapolis, for right? Life. Have now well, it's seventeen minus four. They're any, right, their first four championships were in Minnesota. <laughs> so <laughs> I always say it, ah, we're the we're the only franchise to win seventeen championships in the, in the same, same city. city. Yeah. You know? But that's and and I, I I tell I tell people I love LeBron James as a person. Yeah, I mean he does a lot of good, but I hate LeBron James the player. Yeah. I've it's, always I, I'm always with this debate too, like. I like I said I told you earlier when Kobe retired I really gave up on basketball. He yeah. was like my last. My last foot in the game, and I, uh, I am still to this day. I will fight to the death. Michael Jordan, I think, is the greatest player to step on the court, um, and I will never take away from how incredible LeBron actually is as a baller. Right. He is an incredible basketball player. Right. I just I can't stand him as a player. Mm-hmm. I really can't because he's a fucking crybaby, and he yeah. doesn't have to be. No. He's strong as fuck. He's skilled as he's agile. He's fast. He's so good. He doesn't have to play that game like right. some of these guys do, but he does. Yeah, and, and he it, plays it so well. Yeah. 
which is why I don't like yeah, doing it's it. Like, it's like you're so good at yeah, doing this. Like, like you see these in the the flops and all this mm-hmm. stuff going on, and they're they're determined to get fouled so they can go to the free throw right. line. Like there's always been a bit of it going, but I mean, there was nothing at all in today's game. The last I don't know five six years of basketball that can. Those guys would get their fucking asses kicked by the guys in the nineties. Oh yeah, they would. You I mean, put any of these guys against the the, the bad boy Pistons. Oh man, yeah. <sighs> There's a reason they'd, they'd run away crying. Except maybe <laughs> James Harden would be able yeah, to, because yeah. he he fights that way. He right, likes to right, go right. in there and stomp on people's nuts. And right, right. <laughs> but I think like, Al Horford might have survived <laughs> yeah. a little bit too. But it's like you think any of those guys yeah. would take Carl Malone backing them down in the paint? Yeah. There's like, no. There's no way. Like if if he played in today's game, there's no way that Larry Bird only plays like eleven seasons. Oh yeah, there's no way. Like I, that's what I tell people all the time. Is I was like, if I was watching a, a video one time that um, basically proved that uh, if Michael Jordan was Superman, Larry Bird was his kryptonite mm-hmm. because when and they didn't. It wasn't just the fact that Michael Jordan couldn't get past a healthy Larry Bird in the in the Celtics and in. in the playoffs, but it was also like when Larry Bird was guarding Michael Jordan, his points per game or his points during that time went down. Yeah. His his assists went down. His all of his stats drastically dropped. And so it's like if you look at a player like that, that would have had today's technology yeah. and a league that you can't touch him. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you got so much space to Dude. shoot. Like. Dude, I, I, you hear these stories from these these old ball players too that are just like Larry Bird would tell you where he was going to shoot from, and then as you went up to block it, he'd hit you in the butt with the ball and then drain it. Like it's just you you hear, and there's no like I don't maybe Harden maybe, but I other than that I don't think there's a, any NBA players now that could survive yeah. in that era. Yeah, no, because they're they're pampered, like, no, they they're soft. Yeah, and, and I I get it with the with people worried about concussions and and things like see, that. I get I it. Don't. I don't, I get it when it comes to football. I get right, it when right, it comes right. to wrestling. I right. get it when it comes to boxing, US right. MMA. Basket how many basketball players do we have to prove evidence right now that say like it's a dangerous game? I don't know, man. Watching some of those highlights <laughs> from the nineties, I, I could see it. <laughs> Michael Jordan seems fine. He played through I don't yeah. I just feel like we would have some more more footage of interviews of like right. You know, uh, David Robinson, like, talking like Muhammad Ali. No, that's because it's not a thing because, yeah, they were rough, but they're elbowing each other in the arms and the leg and the chest a little. But they weren't hitting each other. Even, you know, Shaq was still, you know, towards the end of the era. And, you know, he would fucking dunk on people. He's a big boy. And he would dunk on people and intentionally push them away with his legs. Yeah. And that's a big boy. That's momentum. They went flying. They still didn't get a concussion. They right, still didn't right, have to right. go out on the side. And now you got yeah. these guys who get crossed over and then they grab their eye like they got it's <laughs> like, like it's soccer. Yeah, it's like what the <laughs> fuck? Like no, bro, you just got tripped up. Yeah. And they're so scared to get put on a fucking meme yeah. that if somebody's going in for a drive, they they'd rather back off than yeah. go up and try to stop it because right, right, they right. don't want to be put on a right. meme. At least at least people, you know, at least players in the nineties weren't afraid to get posted. Yeah, like you know what I mean. There, like. Fight for that right. shit. Dennis Rodman was diving in the fucking crowd head first to get those balls out of there. Dennis and, Rodman was... <laughs> and a player like... The only reason I say a player like Dennis Rodman couldn't last in the league today is because he was such a niche player. They oh, yeah. brought him in 
for defense and rebounds. Yeah. That's all he did. Nowadays, I mean, he had an okay jump shot, but he that's that's what he did in Detroit. I, I have no memories did. of him scoring baskets. Exactly. <laughs> no exactly. But he'll give you yeah. 1,700 rebounds yeah. every game. Yeah. You know, so a player like that's not going to work in today's league because you have so many sharpshooters yeah. and guys are so good. And you've got guys that can rebound and shoot threes now, right, which exactly. is crazy. Exactly. You look at a guy like Boston just picked up Porzingis. And I remember hearing about him when he was coming into the league. And then he kind of just fell off, I guess, and you know, injuries or whatever. And but I've been looking, like, doing some research on it. I'm looking at him. I was like, this guy's seven foot two and can shoot three pointers like Steph Curry. Like God. what? What? <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> it's like if this guy can of, stay healthy. <laughs> what was Bird like? Six nine? Uh, so, yeah, six six eight. I think he was six, a pretty seven, tall six, guy yeah. that can bust him out. Yeah. Other than that, Dirk Nowinski, I think, was the last guy I remember that was a big dude that can shoot. Yeah, and Tim now Duncan a, to an extent. Yeah, now yeah. there's a grip of him. Yeah, and but I'm not. <clears> I told you I don't. I don't know shit about the players. I see some of these these memes of like. Uh, this team versus this team. I don't even know who those five guys are. Right. Yeah. I'm like, so of course I'm going with the other one. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I get that's AI, Kobe, MJ, Duncan, and Shaq. Like, who's going to stop them? But First I was like, all, I don't know if, who these if guys If you've got a team that's got Shaq at center <laughs> and then has. Um, anybody else other than Yao Ming at center <laughs> on the other team, I'm picking the team yeah. with Shaq on it because Sha- Shaq was just so. He was the only big man I ever saw. That didn't give a shit that he was big. Yeah, he was and quick. He played like a monster. Yeah. I didn't give a shit that he didn't. He made <laughs> one three pointer in his entire <laughs> career. Gives it. Who cares? The man. He was a monster, and I feel like he never gets the credit he deserves for being. He's a top five player all time for me. Like yeah. I don't. He never gets that kind well, of credit. He's so dominant. He's so dominant. And honestly. He's a fucking seems like a cool ass dude off the court too. He does oh, yeah. a lot of good. To, the what he did with his shoe line, yeah. for kids like yes. to make affordable shoes, yeah, genius and so thoughtful. Apparently, he owns um one of these. Is it called Claire's? I don't know. It's one of those stores in the mall that's like a lot of girly shit and yeah. little kid jewels. Something I think it like is Claire's. Yeah, yeah, he owns one of those franchise. Like you just wouldn't even think he's yeah. a great businessman. He, he's, he's now on the board at Papa John's. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he's a great businessman. You think yeah, about he owns stuff. Reebok now. Does he? He, um, I think he actually he he owns the rights. I, well, I don't know if it's Michael Jackson or, uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot of celebrities that have died that he now owns their their catalogs basically. he must have a good financial manager because he makes some great decisions man <laughs> he must but i'll tell you what really pissed me off about him mm. you follow the hot ones interview show yeah. yeah yeah yeah. did you see when Shaq went on there no he he bitched out in a major did way he? Oh, pissing no. me off. he wouldn't finish uh he made sean evans Eat his last dab wing, oh. and still try to act like I conquered. It's like uh, no, bro. Like, like you, nah, you punked out. Now that's that's an athlete. Like when I was growing up, we all because when WCW was a thing, you had guys like Bill Goldberg, who was an NFL player. Yeah, I wanted to switch. talk to you about him. And, oh, I was a big yeah. Goldberg mark. We'll talk about him yeah. in a second. But there were all these wrestlers, you know. Um, Mondo McMichaels, who was part of the 85 Bears. Mm. You know, you had all these, these former athletes. That, and still to this day, you have a lot of athletes that will make that switch, whether it's, you know, right now, big, Pat McAfee's a big one. Okay. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, he was a punter, and now he's out here, you know. But uh, so we always used to, my 
friend group would always be like, okay, who's, who's the athlete right now that you would be like, would make an amazing wrestler. And all of us would always say Shaq. Okay. <laughs> I was like, Shaq would be such a great wrestler. And he has done stuff with yeah. like WWE and AEW. And I'm like, of course he's good at it. Cause the man can spin bullshit. And yeah. that's all we do as wrestlers is spin <laughs> bullshit. And, but yeah, Goldberg, huge Goldberg. Yep. I it's real quick. The only reason I don't think Shaq would be good in the ring full time, he hates losing so much. He yeah. would never, he would never humble himself down to let somebody else dominate him. Yeah, and like sell those things like he was actually getting it. That's the only fly that right. he would have in that aspect. Right, and he was, and he's you know he, now he's in his fifties. Yeah. He's not necessarily. Yeah. You he's know, definitely slowed down a bit. He's, he's a he's definitely a novelty act yeah. at this point from a wrestling standpoint. Yeah. But so I was going to ask you, like your favorite introduction to a wrestler. Cause like, I was thinking like some of the coolest ways I've ever seen some wrestlers get introduced to us is like those moments where they just seem like a fan in the crowd mm -hmm. and they like get pointed at by somebody or called out, but I want a fan. Like anybody could take yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you get introduced and all of a sudden they become something. Yeah. Some of those were my favorite things, but I'll never forget when Goldberg entered the WC. One of the most ex, what was it about that man that made him so, like I don't know anybody who hated him, just and how long did they allow his undefeated streak to go? It was insane to me. I think it uh, officially was like one hundred and seventy four and zero, but there's rumors that that was all padded. Like yeah. there was just like he'd show up on on Nitro the next week yeah. and have like three extra wins oh, or okay, some shit yeah. like that. So, but I was I was at the the old Jacksonville Coliseum on my tenth birthday, and it was like his. Hundred and or no, maybe it was like his seventy sixth win, but it was something like that. But I, I, huge Goldberg fan. But he, yeah, I remember like being at home, watching him debut against <laughs> against Hugh Morris, <laughs> humorous. Um, and he j he just I think what got people about him was is that at the time you had all these like the big popular wrestlers at the time were. You know, Stone Cold, The Rock, Shawn Michaels, these guys that when they were in the ring, they could go. Yeah. And they would put on a show in the ring. Like it would just be flashy and, you know, stomping a mud hole and talking shit and all this kind of and here comes this just bald, scary looking dude wearing black trunks and he would just come in, beat the shit out of you and go home. Yeah. And it was just it was it was it was a formula that not a lot of people I could think, pull that no, off. It was a formula I think that WCW did away with too soon. Yeah. Even though it was 174 wins or whatever. Yeah. And that, but yeah, I remember him coming out and it was like spear, jackhammer and, and match. yeah, it was over. And it was like that every <laughs> yeah. single week. But it, it was just, to me, it never got boring. No, it was so exciting. No. Every time he came out in the fucking, uh, sparks were coming out. Oh, yeah. And he would do his... Yeah. And he's like already pre-sweaty and just focused. Oh, yeah. He looked like an animal. And yeah. it was so And it was dope. the first... I think it was the first introduction, too, to like an MMA style yeah. in, you know, pro wrestling. And I think it, it bode well with the whole... He was a former football player, yeah. so of course he did a spear. Yeah, and the spear was beautiful. Yeah. He did and it so well. The fact that he could hold those guys up yes. in the air for that jackhammer forever because it made it and unique. Then, yeah, and the the twist into the right, right that right. was dope. But yeah, when he would hold him up there like that, it's just everything yeah. about him was uh, magnetic and electrifying. Right, like right. You, that's so and weird. It made, to find. it made you, you know, in an era where people were starting to discover. You know, hey, all this stuff's predetermined. Yeah, Goldberg was one of those guys you looked at and you were like, "Oh fuck, maybe it's not." Yeah, you know, maybe yeah, this is. And 
so many of the greats had to work so hard to achieve that he walked out and grabbed it. Yep. It was just like, how yeah. did he land and that? And I think that's why a lot of people in the back were real pissed at yeah. him, too, because they were like, oh, who are you? Yeah. I've been doing this for 20 years. Who are you coming in and just spear jackhammer go home? <laughs> yeah. And it was, but yeah, I, I fucking loved Goldberg growing up. And it, I think when he when he came back to WC or to WWE a couple years ago and you know people people were worried cuz he came in and like the last time they had seen him he had you know the aura had obviously faded away and now he comes back and he's still shredded yeah but now you know he's got some gray hair in the beard he yeah. clearly looks his age you know and he and who do they put him up against fucking Brock Lesnar <laughs> oh that's genius yeah man. and it's yeah. just like oh god this is going to be this so is going to be brutal well the first match it was spear, jackhammer, Goldberg went over. Oh, shit. And people lost their shit. Yeah. It was like To it make was 19, Brock look easy. Yeah, it was like <laughs> 1998 again. They were just like, oh, my God, <laughs> Goldberg's back, you know? And so it was, it was that, that was kind of really cool to see yeah. them bring that kind of era back. And then, I mean, the next, ma- the ne- next match they had, it was, it went a little longer, but it was, you know, in, in the industry, Brock got his win back. Wow. So, you know, and... So it, it since he's come back on the rare occasions that he does matches, it's very you know geared towards Goldberg's original you know aura, uh-huh. and yeah, I think that's I think that's what made it so cool at the time is because nobody was doing it. Yeah, and it was one of those things where you look you looked at him and you looked at the matches that he put together, and you really believed he was kicking their asses. Yeah, probably because he was he wasn't was not trained for very long so he was really hitting like he was really tackling those yeah. people you know? <laughs> and there's there's you know now that now that time's gone by you have people that have wrestled against him tell you oh yeah he, he was stiff yeah like, when he when he speared you he speared you <laughs> like there was no you know bret hart to this day will say he ended his career with a sidekick but you know i I've watched that match over and over and over again. I'm like, Brett, there's no way. There's no way that sidekick hurt you that much. You know, it, speaking <laughs> of Bret Hart, it broke my heart when they brought that story in of him and Vince and Vince getting rid of him and all that shit. I was, this probably one of my last memories of wrestling too. Like, um, cause by, by that time, I think I was developing some more empathy in my brain of like, these are real people. Right. And I'm like, this is so heartbreaking. Right. Like, no pun intended, but it's like heartbreaking watching like this guy that you know has dedicated so much of his life to and being treated like shit. Yeah. Fans laughing at him and yeah. things like that. And Vince just Vince was a perfect villain. Oh, absolutely. He, he was so good at villainizing himself absolutely. and making sure he played yeah. the perfect boss for that yeah, shit. Yeah. They say that the perfect Say the perfect wrestling gimmicks is just you turned to eleven, yeah, and that's what the Vince McCar- Vince McMahon character yeah. was. It was just him, just like turned. when he used to make people kiss his ass and shit like that. <laughs> yes. Like, oh my god! Like, it was just such a beautiful thing mm. how they used to do things. Yeah, I'll tell you. And it was because it was because of that. I'm I'm assuming you're talking about the the screw job storyline where, um, they the the Montreal screw job. Uh, I'm not too familiar with that. So when uh, it was, was it SummerSlam? No, Survivor Series 96, 97. Um, Brett, 97. Bret Hart was on his way out of the WWE. Okay. At the time, he was the WWE champion. Well, his contract expired at midnight that night. Oh, okay. And they were trying, he, the, the, 
the Survivor Series was in Canada. So Bret Hart, the whole thing is, is Bret Hart was fighting Shawn Michaels. They, in real life, did not like each other. Okay. Um, so Bret Hart was like, I'm not dropping the title to Shawn in Canada. Yeah. He's like, I'll come, I'll come to Raw the next day, drop it to him on Raw in the States. Yeah. Well, the thing that Vince was like was, well, your contract ends at midnight, so you're not contractually obligated to ever come oh, to Raw man. to begin with. And this was all after uh, a wrestler named Medusa showed up on WCW television with the WWE women's title and dropped it in a trash can. Oh, shit. So it, it was one of those things where he's on, I understand he's on edge kind of thing. So basically they figured out, what they told Brett was is they were going to have this no DQ finish, and then he was just going to drop the belt to him, you know, on Raw the next yeah. night. Well, <laughs> I guess Vince went and told uh, I think it was Earl, he- Earl Hebner, Earl Hebner, who was the referee, um, about there. There was a spot where Shawn Michaels was going to put him in the sharpshooter, and then. Uh, Bret Hart was going to reverse the sharpshooter, and that was going to be the finish. Oh, did he tell him to? Well, he said as soon as as soon as Sean puts him in the sharpshooter, ring the bell. Oh fuck! And so and and it added to it that you saw it where um, Vince McMahon is at ringside, like telling the ref to ring the bell and all this kind of stuff. And and afterwards, Bret, you know, clearly pissed, yeah. spits at Vince McMahon, and he's writing WCW with his hands before he leaves and all this shit. So that. And prior to that, Vince McMahon hadn't been a character other than, like, an announcer mm. on television. So that kind of sparked okay. the, the Vince McMahon villainous character. So that was kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, that, that yeah, Brett, Brett had every right to be pissed off about that. Because yeah, it, it felt genuine. Right. All, of the, yeah, yeah. all of that turmoil between the two. That, and right. I think that's where I was talking about, like, the empathy was, like, these are real people. Like, something was really going on. Right. It doesn't feel... Scripted. No. It doesn't that, feel that part wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a uh, um, what what made it even more like what made you feel for Bret Hart even more is that when WCW gave him their offer, he went to Vince and was like, "Hey, this is what WCW is offering me. I don't want to go there. Yeah, if you'll give me the same money, yeah. I'll stay." And Vince was like, at the time, WWE was not doing. That. Yeah. Like, WCW really had them on the ropes. And he goes, you know, I understand what you got to do, but I can't I can't match that. Yeah. Is this, would this be around the time WCW was doing the uh, the Wolf Pack? Because um, I feel like that's when I got really invested in WCW. So this was actually around the time of the, um, the Scro, the Scro, the Crow Sting Fighting the original NWO. Okay. So the NWO hadn't split yet. Um, because, so, because Bret Hart was actually the special guest referee when Sting and Hogan finally fought at Starcade in okay. 97. So this was just months before that. Um, <clears throat> so, but yeah, so that that sparks the whole Vince McMahon. And, and you, may, you feel for Bret Hart a little more too when you find out that like he had told Vince, hey, I don't, I don't want to go here. Yeah. You know, and you can kind of tell when, when you see him in WCW too, during that time frame, yeah. you can, you can tell his work ethic. He was just like, I don't want to be, he's like, I'm collecting. Yeah. You know, which kind of sucks, but that seemed to be a majority of the WCW, yeah. you know, 
And that's what's sad. It's like you think about these guys who, I mean, the people who don't realize how much they're on the road. Especially back then. Yeah. And how much they put their bodies on the line. How all these things, especially in those years where it was even more brutal, all these things. But it's like they do so much only to get greeted with that. It's still a business, motherfucker. Like yeah. you're, you're Absolutely. out. Yeah. The, the, the new tits are in. Sorry. Right. And it's so fucked because it's, it's obvious why it's fucked. But it just drives me nuts because that's the world. It's like yeah. we'll use you till you're done and then we don't give a shit about you anymore. And that's... Yep. Um, that's why I do appreciate, like, do you follow, do you follow UFC or, uh, boxing or anything like that? <sighs> Not as much as I used to. So, uh, have, are you familiar with Jake Paul? Yeah. So, well, Jake. Logan. Okay. Because well, yeah, Logan, Logan does, made yeah. that switch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, oh my God, he was probably the highlight of the Royal Rumble to me. That fucking leap from the rope. Where they oh, with, with Ricochet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so, so dope. So that spot is it, like, we, like. People that are the casual fans that only watch WWE and all that kind of stuff, they saw that spot and they yeah. just lost it. Yeah. And <laughs> for those of us that, that are in the industry or watch independent wrestling and things like that, we popped too. Like we were still excited yeah. to see it on a WWE stage. But he had done the same spot with a wrestler named Will Ospreay oh, okay. on like two or three different occasions. Oh, okay. And so it was a spot we I had seen before, yeah. but I'm still thinking like even watching, I'm like, oh fuck, that was Logan Paul that did that. Like that wasn't two trained wrestlers that have been doing yeah. this for years doing it. Like, yeah, he had Ricochet doing it with him on the other side, but holy shit, I mean, they met in the middle. Yeah. It's like that means yeah. equal fucking. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it was incredible. I, I saw an interview with Ricochet too afterwards, um, and and he goes, he he was like, I be, I basically told Logan, you know, I'll time it off you. Mm. He's like, don't worry well, he's about. The more yeah. Experience. yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, so. don't don't worry about anything. It's just like you go for it, and whenever you're ready, I'll time it off yeah. you, and you can see it. Like yeah, that's dope. Yeah. It's like a fuck. Because yeah, it just oh. looked perfect. <laughs> yeah, and and that's what I really appreciate too. Just going back to the whole thing of these assholes out there, just like it's fake, it's fake. It's like those. That's a royal rumble. Mm -hmm. The slightest stumble, the slightest slip, the slightest malfunction fucks that shit up yep. so bad. Yep. One person doesn't realize they're doing it and bounces off the rope. Yeah. Anything. Or those those ropes are connected, too. Yeah. So if you have one person jump on top of that too soon or too late, oh, then you're yeah. wobbling and you're not going to get yeah, that Yeah, it's right. like the trampoline effect. Yeah, like if so. you bounce it inappropriate, it's like yeah. you fucking, your knees give out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's just crazy some of the shit they get done. And I think the first time I saw because I thought Logan Paul was a fucking joke when I heard about him because he... Was boxing this dude named KSI. Yeah, which, I remember KSI. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, "What is going on?" Like, I'm a real fucking boxing fan, yeah. and so seeing that shit, but it's turned into something else over these years. And Jake Paul is a big part of that. And I've I've become a fan of Jake Paul, especially just as a person with what he's fighting for, because he has identified the fact that UFC, especially, has really. I, I don't want to buy into the whole thing that they're just underpaid because there is ways, but Con, there's no reason Conor McGregor should be making so much more money than some of these other fighters right. because he doesn't put in the work like they do. Right. He, I believe he is phenomenal. I believe he's a, a great fighter. I really, I, I'll always tune in to watch him. I'm right. watching the ultimate fighter currently. Um, and he's a big part of it, but he's, 
he's also a disappointment at the same time because he's not showing up and taking it as serious as Michael right. Chandler is and putting that effort into these guys that they deserve. And but Conor McGregor's a genius marketing person. Absolutely. Genius. And he he puts asses in the seats yep. and he he delivers when he I mean He's had a really shitty run these last. I mean, his fucking leg gave out and it broke. Yeah, and, his, and it's like, and he still tried to fight. Yeah, it's like, what do you do? <laughs> and and fuck yeah, the man took steroids yeah. to get through this shit and heal quicker. Like, who's gonna? And yeah, during the process, he got yoked. Now he's entered the USADA pool and he's got a test. And, and yeah, of course, there might be ways around that sometimes. Yeah. But still, yeah. if depending on his weight class, he's gonna have to cut down. And he will put in that work as he has. Yeah. He always has. But I will say this real quick about Gregor. McGregor, he needs to just go ahead and leave the MM, leave UFC, and just go ahead and join WWE. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, he, he's, he's that guy. Make a killing. Yeah, he would. Like you think Ronda, Ronda Rousey, Rousey times made a jump? ten? Oh my yeah, God. because yeah. Ronda because Ronda can't talk. Yeah, yeah, she's horrible not mic great skills. on the mic. Horrible. McGregor. Yeah, and that's <laughs> see, this, I just hit my guys over about this like last week because so I was like, bro, do y'all know there's a huge community of people out there who think Ronda Rousey is stupid because she's pretending to be a badass. How idiotic is because she's actually a she badass. She's a badass. She's just got terrible yeah. mic skills. I'm like, God, she, yeah. she. I love her to death, and I had a huge crush on her during her MMA. But she can't cut a promo. It's yeah, life. And no, I love that she's in a feud. It's painful. Now. She's in a feud now with. It just started a, this last couple of weeks with uh, her actual like running buddy uh, Shayna Baszler because they were tag who, partners, right? right yeah. Right. So, so I follow her on IG. Yeah. So I've got to see and some of that. They, going she down. just like recently turned on her, and and the. The whole story is great because you have this, you know, you, okay, you had the real big MMA career and my MMA career, MMA career was shit, yeah. but I've been busting my ass on the independent scene for, you know, years and you just get to come in and, and be this big star. So that's great. But throughout this whole thing, I'm, I'm looking at, it, I'm like, finally they put her with somebody that can not only carry herself in a promo, but can carry Ronda in a promo. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, fucking finally, like they're putting her in a, in something that makes sense. It's something they can do long term. And Rhonda doesn't have to talk a whole fucking yeah. lot. I just you know? I just read that she's planning to exit wrestling. Yeah, I think she has something about an injury or something. Yeah. But so I know when she last it was when she was going to have a baby or yeah. something. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, that was an interesting thing. That's actually what got me back into wrestling because I was a huge Ronda Rousey fan. Uh, my wife will kill me if I admit to it, but I also had a crush on her at one point. <laughs> um, Who among us did not? Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, she she switched over to WWE, and I was like, fuck. Like, I want to see how she does over there. I want to see how this goes. So I started watching a little bit here and there, and I was still cheering her on, but I, right away right, I was like, she's got to really work on those mics. Yeah. Like, that's a huge part of wrestling. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you can be as bad as you want, but it's like right. you're just not – you're not big enough to even sell the fact that you can beat some of these other chicks with the size difference and how good they are. As much of a badass as yeah. she is in real life, they should have given her the Brock Lesnar treatment and just give her a mouthpiece. Yeah. Give her a manager that does all the talking. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. It could fucking be Paul Heyman. Yeah. You know? yeah. Same one. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. I mean, it's... honestly, that would have been genius. Yes. Because Paul Heyman having both of them, like, mm -hmm. they both had the intertwining situation. Yeah. And yeah. Paul Heyman is wonderful on the mic. Everybody hates him. They love to hate him. Beautiful person. And um, and Brock Lesnar is interesting. Because when Brock Lesnar made that transition to, to UFC, I remember that so heavily. And I was like, how is it? Because CM Punk had a very disappointing transition to I UFC. I loved Punk, yeah. man. I love Punk. <laughs> but as soon as he announced, I'm like, 
<laughs> and maybe those crossovers are interesting. Maybe do some Bellator fights <laughs> yeah. first. Like, let's not jump right into the yeah. UFC. And they, of course, but well, Brock Lesnar kicked that door down and owned it. I mean, he became champ after like three fights, four fights. But he was and, a national champion yeah. in well, college. Like, I mean, he knows how to wrestle already. Yeah, that, bra- that background. And, yeah. and once he gets, I mean, those fucking little tiny mini hammer fists that he would do. It's like oh. while he's laying on you, nobody's getting out of that no. shit. And yeah, he, he got rocked and he got woken up, and then of course they had the the steroid. He popped dirty and all that, and his shit was over. And went back to WD where he, where he really flourishes right. anyways. Yeah, yeah. Killed it. Had more people recognize, more people cheering against him, or whatever it may be. And they came back and made him the biggest. They gave when he came back, they gave him the Goldberg. Yeah, like he came out, and the biggest guy they had at the time is John Cena. Yeah, and what does he do? He comes out, suplexes him a hundred times, pins him. Yeah. That which, was it, and which is was, the right business move because, right. like, if you take this guy who just fucking legitimately kicked all these guys' ass, and mm-hmm. now he's back here, it's like you yep. better give him some respect. And, and then what do they do? They put him against the Undertaker, and he fucking beats him yeah. in six minutes. <laughs> he, f- I mean, this is the rest. In, in pro wrestling, the you had Goldberg's undefeated streak, and you had the undefeated streak at WrestleMania. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar fucking beat it, like, <laughs> and it just it set it set him at that bar of untouchable. Yeah. Which when Go- so when Goldberg I mentioned it before when Goldberg comes back and beats him so quick yeah. it's like oh fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know so you have this and and, and I, a lot of people you know especially especially fans will say that you know oh Brock Lesnar doesn't you know he just does what he wants to do and this that and and, and but you look at. I study it. So I look at these matches he has with littler guys like Brian Danielson, who was Daniel Bryan at the time, or matches he has with AJ Styles. And like he'll work his ass off yeah. for guys that he wants to work his ass off yeah. for. So he, he understands the business, and he knew coming back into it that, like, this is how I'm going to have to be presented. Yeah. And Vince was just like, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. we're just going to throw money at you. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's essentially the Conor McGregor of the WWE. Exactly. And I think that would, that's why I you write believe your Conor, Ber- Conor McGregor yeah. would work great. Yeah. Because he can do well, that. His mic skills are mm-hmm. phenomenal. He can do that. We call it a chicken shit heel, but he could do that aspect on a mic. But then when it comes time to where people actually get in the ring with him, he can turn it on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's, I think his biggest struggle would be he likes fighting so much that he would have a hard time pulling those. Yeah, and like not I just think he would struggle but I think I think he'll go that way one day. I really do. And there's another UFC fighter, uh my guy Mike always says is just built for the uh WWE. It's uh Colby Covington. I don't know if you've heard of him. So he's Top two, top three, uh, I want to say welterweight. I could get confused because the boxing and UFC weight differences are different. But uh, um, in the world, and he's phenomenal. And the only guy he couldn't get past was uh, Usman, who was just badass. But um, he's, he's the one that uses, uh, that does the wrestling entrances, isn't he? Usman? Usman. No, that's... Uh, that's uh, Adesanya. Adesanya, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like he does, him. Yeah, man. he does the really he, extravagant things. He did the Undertaker yeah, entrance. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. my God. And then kicked the shit out of whoever <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like, if you can talk, that, I think that's what I liked about McGregor so much when he was first. Because, yeah, he didn't train necessarily as hard as everybody else, 
But he would come out and he'd say, "Oh, I'm going to beat him in the second round. Yeah. I'm going to knock him out 30 minutes into the th- or, uh, 30 seconds yeah. into the third round." And, and he'd fuck fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I think he that. would struggle to not cuss on the mic because yeah. oh, yeah. he's so, he's a fucking drunk. Yeah, he's a fucking cokehead. And he's a fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's that's. I think I think he would need trading boy on that of like holding back and like yeah. hey. Yeah, yeah, your opponent's got to get some licks in too. Right, right. <laughs> like, and because I, 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 I think I remember one of the fights I saw him is like he's he's getting like whoever he was with was had busted him open and he was getting rocked right. and he he took a shot to the face and then like looked at the blood, licked his own <laughs> blood, and then just knocked the motherfucker out. I was like, what is this? <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah, he's super but, entertaining. Yeah. Super entertaining. But I think I think you're right. I don't I think it would be difficult for him to be to to give in to that, especially since he's come out, you know, saying, Oh, well that WWE yeah. stuff's not real. Yeah. Like, you know, this kind of stuff. So And and it's these crossovers, I, I struggle with them so much. Like um James Tony's a bog a phenomenal boxer who went over to UFC and just realized oh shit if they take you to the ground i don't know what the fuck to do right right and i think um, that's why that's why lesnar because i, I was reading a, a statistic that said um that a, a majority of the champions especially at the heavyweight division um in ufc have been there's been more uh like olympic style wrestlers that have been champion in ufc than any other discipline yeah. well because you have that gap like most weight classes you got like a Anywhere from a four to ten pound radius in the heavyweight division, you have like a fifty-five pound gap. So you could be two hundred and six pounds fighting a two hundred and sixty-five pound guy, Shit. and it's like that's that's weird. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange. And um, I'm trying to think of uh, another crossover who went through this. Oh, I don't want to blank too long. So I was talking about James Tony. Oh, Greg Hardy. So Greg Hardy was a football player, and then he went to UFC, had a really good run there. Um, he had a really interesting fight where he uh, he hit his inhaler in between rounds. Right, I remember seeing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And um, he was told it was okay, but right. of course it's not. So it was like, well, I can't fault the guy if somebody said go ahead. Right. But it's like, oh, you're getting a wake-up call. Of like, yeah, this is a different kind of exercise yeah. in football. And, uh, and then he recently made a switch to boxing. So he went from football – to, to MMA to boxing now, and he won <laughs> that boxing debut. Nice. <laughs> and his, I want to say his promo because that's what it <laughs> felt like. Um, after he won that fight, I was like, I know what your next move is. Yeah, I know exactly where you're going right, right. because when he won that fight, he's like, I want everybody. I want everybody, <laughs> and I'm a. I want to kill them all. Feed them to me, and I'm gonna eat them up. But eat them up, brother. <laughs> and I was like. You know where you're going. I love it. You know where you're oh, going. I love it. I was like, because that is not how you talk. No. That is not how you've talked no. ever. I love it. <laughs> I so, love it, though. So I really hope he does, because uh, are steroids legal in wrestling? Like, is it is it monitored in a way of, like, restrictions or yes. disqualifying? Yes and no. Okay. So, Vin, so back in the early 90s, Vince got in trouble with, like, a steroid scandal. Because hmm. steroids in general are illegal. Oh really? Um, well, I think it's I, I don't I don't know how it happened. I think it was just the the, the selling of of the. Steroids. So maybe is it like so maybe like weed in a way of, it has to be regulated in a certain sense because I, I, I know they're so. utilized yeah. for recovery. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it is it's a regulation yeah. issue. So I think it was he got in trouble because a lot of his athletes were 
buying their steroids from a doctor under the table. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So, and that was a big. It was called. It was in wrestling. It's called the steroid scandal. So everybody, everybody knows what you're talking about. But, um, but yeah, that was kind of a because Hulk Hogan got caught doing it. Obviously, the Ultimate Warrior yeah. got caught doing yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I think Macho Man was on that. You know, there was there was a lot of them that that got caught. So now they do. If you there's if you violate their drug policy, you're supposed to be like the first time you're suspended thirty days, the second time you're suspended sixty days, yada yada yada. But I think I think it's one of those things where it's just like what mama don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um, so because there's just there's so many people in the industry now that that do it, and yeah. it, it's always been that way. But I think now it's because I've always I've always been a I've always been one of those people that's just like, if you do it, do it, but do it smart. Yeah. You know? So it's one of those things where it's like, there's a, re- like when you do steroids, cause I, I've never done them, but I have thought heavily about yeah. doing them. And so I do a lot of research beforehand because I'm super worried about, you know, side effects yeah. and other shit like this happening with it, with anything I do. Um, so a lot of the research I've done with it is, is like, you have to know what your cycle is. You have to know what you're putting in your body and you have to know what those effects of what you're putting in your body is going to do to your body. So you can't just be on steroids all of the time for three years. Yeah. You're going to die. Um, so you, you have to do these six week cycles, 12 week cycles, then you have to cycle off of them. And when you're cycling off of them, that doesn't mean just be off them. You also, you have to take, supplements that are going to help your liver and your kidney, yeah. the, the organs and shit that the your steroid uses. Body chemistry and everything. Yeah, that, that all that's damaging. So there's got to be some major shock value to just remove it. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of science behind it. Yeah. And if you can understand the science and use it to your advantage and do it healthily and understand that if you do this for a long period of time, you're going to fuck yourself up. Yeah. Then, you know, and, and if you decide, yeah, I'm going to do it and I know it's going to fuck myself up, well, that's your prerogative. Like, yeah. fuck, do it. You know, but it's, yeah, so it, it's, for me, I've always been okay with that. Like, I also grew up in an era, though, where I'm a big baseball fan. Yeah. And after the strike in 1994, steroids saved baseball. Yeah. Like, you had Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. Nobody will agree with me, especially up here, but I strongly believe Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, might really? have been part of that, too. But they, you, they come out, and they're just jacking home runs up. And they're filling the seats yeah. because people want to see them jack home runs. Yeah. Like, they don't want to see, you know, John Smoltz and Greg Maddox throw, you know, 90-mile-an-hour fastballs that are hitting the corners and, and you know, getting so many strikeouts. Yeah. They want to see the long ball. You know, I there was a uh, commercial when I was a kid that had uh, the, the three pitchers from the Braves, Tom Glavins, uh, John Smoltz, and, and Greg Maddox. Mm-hmm. And they, they were all, like, on the side – here and you've got like Mark McGuire hitting batting practice and everybody's over all the fans and everything are over by Mark McGuire trying to get autographs and stuff. And they're over there like, Hey, we've got three, you know, there's seven Cy Young awards between the three of us over here, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they're just like, Oh, yeah, that'd be the wake up call. Yeah. And they're just like, Oh, they dig the long ball. Yeah. So it steroids save baseball. So I'm always one of those where, Part of our industry is very vanity driven. 
So you have to look good because people, you know, and there, there's, it, it's changed recently because people don't want to see the freaks, uh, you know, what they call the freak bodybuilders anymore. Like, yeah. you know, they don't want to see necessarily see the Hogan's or yeah. see the, the savages or see the, the warriors or anything like that. But they still want, you know, you still have to kind of present yourself professionally. And I think with, the generational changes too with, you know, everybody wanting to have this body positivity and being accepting and everything like that. You have guys like Kevin Owens. Yeah. I was who, just thinking about him who, ten, you know, 15, Dad bod. <laughs> 15, 20 years ago would never have even gotten a tryout yeah. with WWE. And that, that last time I heard he was super popular. He's, he's super yeah. popular. And it's because despite how he looked like, despite his weight or whatever, People he did connect like frog splashes and shit. Yeah, right? yeah, people connect with him. When he's in the ring, he's good. Yeah. When he's on the mic, he's really, really good. You know, you have the and you have the guys that are you know the high flyers or the smaller guys or whatever you know whatever people want to stigmatize him as. But people are getting interested in them, yeah. like uh, in especially among wrestlers. And I I hate this part of some of my associates, you know, within locker rooms is they'll see these guys that come out and they just do all the flips and all the gymnastics and all this kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, that's not wrestling. That's not wrestling. What are they, what are they doing? It's like, oh, he just got kicked in the face and now he's back up doing a backflip. Like, you know, they don't they don't understand. And it's like, to me, it's like, no, I can't do any of that shit. Yeah. Like, I have to rely on selling. And I have to rely on, you know, making my kick look crisp or you know all that stuff i can't do the gymnastics yeah. one but that's how you sell right ray mysterio versus kevin nash right, right? exactly yeah. exactly and so you you look at these high flyer guys and it's like listen it's like instead of running your mouth and bitching about what they're doing listen to the crowd yeah listen to how they're reacting they're reacting because they're going fucking nuts yeah. for this gymnastics that you're talking about it does anything that we do in that ring only thing that matters is how is that crowd reacting? Yeah. Are they enjoying right it? Right now, they're Mark McGuire and you're Greg Max. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Are, are they digging it? Because if they're digging it, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I, I'm envious because I can't do it. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but it's, yeah, it doesn't, you know. Now, if they do something and it doesn't get a reaction, and so oh, he just got kicked in the face and now he's doing a backflip, crowd doesn't give a shit. Now it's like a well, maybe you should start to rethink it a little. Yeah. So, have you heard of a wrestler named Orange Cassidy? Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. I don't believe so. So, <laughs> tell me about. I'm gonna grab a beer. Need yeah, yeah. one? Yes, please. So his whole gimmick is a, um, a professional wrestler that doesn't want to be at work. So you, it, there's everybody. Like you have a job, you go, you don't want to be there. So you just kind of do what you have to do to get through. Well. All of his earlier stuff that you look at, he was very athletic, can do all the high-flying stuff. He's very, you know, he's very, very good wrestler. But what he was doing on the independent, when he was doing all that on the independent circuit, it wasn't working. People weren't buying it. People weren't getting into it because he was just another high-flyer. So when he comes out and he's just nonchalant about it and, you know, he wrestles with his hands in his pocket. You know, he's just kind of this, eh, whatever. You know, they, they, he'll do interviews in character where they'll be like, oh, so 
how, how do you feel about your match coming up against Chris Jericho? Do you think it, you know? Do you think you're going to do this or this? He's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Interesting like, character. Oh, I'm going to have some fun, you know. But he's he's turned it into this character where, when it gets to a point where somebody pisses him off in the ring, now he's going. Okay. So now you can see the. So, but he got the whole idea of being like this wrestler that wrestling's his job, but he's like, yeah, I don't want to be there. Yeah. Who wants to go to work? Yeah. Like, so that's his whole. And I and and a lot of people, especially old school guys, they didn't get it. They don't get it. It's like he puts his hands in his pockets and he like softly kicks people's legs. What was his uh his attire like? Because I'm picturing like goth or like skater kid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> look up a picture of him. You'll actually see it. it's uh, <laughs> orange Cassidy. Right? Yeah, um, they're not jeans, but they're like. Jean print uh, jogger pants. Okay. <laughs> Sunglasses. Oh, and he just... looks like Ryan Gosling. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. And he's just, he's so funny. And it's so funny when he gets into the ring with guys that are like, that are old school, uh, that are old school guys, but they get it. So there, there's a uh, thing he has with um, Tommy Dreamer, who's just one of the most, Everybody that's met Dom, Tommy Dreamer loves Tommy Dreamer, but there's a, a, a spot where he he just he puts his hands in his pocket and he's just lightly kicking your your legs, and most people sell it as like what the hell is he doing kind of thing, so and and he's selling it that way too, and <laughs> so being the twenty year plus veteran that he is, he takes Orange Cassidy's glasses. Puts them on his face, puts his hands in his pocket, start doing the same thing. It's just, <laughs> it's and it's 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 good to see that transition. But yeah, it, yeah it's 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 it doesn't matter what the gimmick is. It doesn't matter what you're doing in the ring. It doesn't matter the story you're telling. If the people are reacting, that's what you want. Yeah, you know, like uh, MJF. Maxwell Jacob Freeman, who's with AEW right now. He has a very old school idea about it. I think he's only 24 or 25 years old. So he's a young guy, but he, he has this old, like he, he does this as a heel. He does the old tropes of like insult the fans, insult where the, the, you know, whatever city you're in, insult their sports teams, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, uh, sorry. Last guy I saw that was killing that was Elias. Kind of, yeah. That guy but was, without music. Yeah. Um, and so he, he does that, and people are like, oh, it's just so, it, it's cheap. You know, it's, it's, it's cheap. It's, it's this, it's that. It's like, yeah, but he's one of the most hated people in the industry right now. Yeah. That's the whole fucking point. You know, it's like he's supposed, people aren't supposed to like him, and they don't like him. That's why, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I think the the Miz was good at it too. He he would he was one of those that was like people genuinely didn't like him. Yeah. But he has stuck around long enough and stuck to it long enough that he's like Yeah, he fought through some torment because I yeah. remember I hated his fucking guts. And I mean, <sighs> to this day I'm just like, Your character's so annoying. But yeah, he stuck it through. Mm-hmm. And it paid off for him. I mean, and I remember that guy when he was on the real world. Mm-hmm. Like Carrying the little rock figure around, like yeah, yeah. he wanted that dream, and he busted his ass. He was always it. cutting promos yeah. on the real world too. Yeah, but. it was crazy. And and when he who who is he married to? Marie. 
Maurice. Yeah, Maurice. I remember when they had their show together, and I was like, what? Interesting. But it's like, I always appreciate the hard work. I always appreciate that. I appreciate anybody that, that, especially now that I'm in, like, that I am wrestling, I appreciate anybody that attempts to get in that ring. Yeah. Like, because I... I've set up so many rings in my lifetime. I've traveled so many miles doing this that anybody that's willing to to throw their body at the ground for other people's enjoyment, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, like you gotta was, respect it. Right. There was there was the uh fuck, what's his name? Uh, uh he was in, I think he was on Instagram. But um Superhuman. Have you seen this kid? Mm-hmm. So Superhuman <laughs> he's yeah, he's not a trained wrestler at all, but he will be in his yard and like standing on his porch or something and have like a f- refrigerator that's not being used anymore on the ground. And it's something about uh, this is for all the uh, juggalos and juggalettes. And okay. He takes his shirt off and he says, fuck this shit. And he just jumps on it <laughs> and it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> but doing all of these videos and he'll he'll jump into things like, you know, freezers and you know uh, uh, barbed wire and gates and you know all these different shit and it got so big on the internet that wrestling promoters started to put them in wrestling matches God. you know and it's it was one of those things where I thought it was dumb as shit I'm like why would you do this yeah. like I'm a wrestler and I wouldn't fucking throw my body at, you know, yeah. on top of a fridge for no reason um, but people we're buying tickets to see it. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I don't get it, but they do. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what I say, you know? It, and and I think that's another thing about our industry that people, people that work in the industry don't understand. It's like you, you want to, you work so hard to build this character and you work so hard to portray this character as what it is, is when it doesn't work, yeah. you don't understand why it doesn't work. You yeah, know? Well, that's, so, that's gotta be so tough though. It's like, cause you see like, because we just talked about the Miz, you see like something like that where it's like, to me, it wasn't going to work. Right. I, I was like, I, I had no faith in it working. Mm-hmm. And then all these years go by and I'm checked out and I come back and look and I'm like, holy shit, it worked. Yeah. Because he didn't give up. Nope. But then you have other ones who, if they would have made adjust, like you look at Stone Cold Steve Austin right. or The Rock, they made adjustments. Yep. Yep. If you look at Stone, if you look at Stone Cold, his the, and he'll he'll say it in interviews from time to time that. Uh, one of the best things that happened in his career was when he got spiked by uh, Owen Hart, like when he got pile drive by Owen Hart, because it forced him to change how he wrestled. Yeah. So he couldn't be this great technical wrestler like he was when he was the ringmaster or stunning Steve or yeah. all this. He had to become a brawler, which just fit that Stone Cold yeah. moniker just so fucking well. Stone Cold doesn't get as far as he does as a technical wrestler yeah. or as a, a, a high flyer. And he had to be that yeah. beat you down, stomp a mud hole in you, stun you, go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, you, who, who determines it? The fans. Exactly. They yep. determine it. It's like, and it's yep. what they're feeling, what yep. they want. And that's what I think would make that so painful is you see some asshole on the fucking internet doing this goofy shoot shit, almost mocking yeah, everything you've worked for right. to get welcomed in, just like the Conor McGregor's, the Brock Lesnar, like you just yeah. get to walk in the Goldberg shit. Like it's like these guys that have been put in, but 
maybe if they made that adjustment, they would have made it at the wrong time even. And if they would have just stuck it out, it would. they're always on that cusp of like, right. it's going to hit. I just got to keep it going. Got to keep going, yeah. But then they get cut. Yeah. They're, they're like, it just never landed. And somebody's like, you should have you went this way. Yep. It's got to be so hard. One of the one of the things that QT Marshall told us when we were in training was is that everybody in this industry gets their opportunity. It will just never happen when you're expecting yeah. it to. So it, that was one of those things. I'm like, oh fuck! I guess you got you just got to be ready all the time. Yeah. You know, and and so I I look you look at I mentioned Orange Orange Cassidy earlier. He knew what he was doing wasn't working. Yeah. So instead of just trying to make it work and trying to make it work and beating a dead horse for lack of a better term, he changed it. He switched it up. He found something that worked, yeah. and he got over. Um, there's another one, Dan Hauser. He's the same way. He, he, I think his name is like... Don, I think his name is like Daniel Hausen, and he just dropped it to Dan Hausen. Well, he used to do the, kind of the same thing. He was a high flyer, regular, you know, your run-of-the-mill wrestler, and it wasn't getting over. So he saw this... He, he's real big into horror. So he saw this old horror movie, saw the face paint, decided, oh, I'm going to mimic that face paint and just kind of be this very evil guy, you know? And then that kind of worked, but it didn't really work. So he, so some of the, the horror movies he was into had a comedic aspect to it. So I think it was a combination of that and then like somebody wanted to turn him face. So he started to flirt with this very nice, very evil <laughs> kind of gimmick, and it got, it worked. So he has this whole, people think it's goofy, but he, he has the this whole, he has this aspect of being evil, but he also has this very funny aspect to him. And one of the things that got him over so well is, like, he would get somebody on the outside of the ring, and he'd be on the apron, and... He did it as a joke one time, and it just it worked, so he kept doing it. And he would tell whoever was in charge of music to play the song Tequila, uh-huh. and he would dance on the ring apron. And every time the song would say Tequila, he'd kick the person on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> and it just it worked. So you, you find the things that work, and as yeah. long as it, you know, it's not going to be the same. For Goldberg, who he was worked. Yeah, You know, Sting was doing the whole surfer gimmick, and... It worked for him for a long time, but then there was a point where campy wrestling was starting to go away, and not everybody in wrestling needed a job. Like you didn't need to be the repo man, or you know. Uh, so he goes away and comes back with this this crow gimmick, which is a you know clear rip off of you know Brandon Lee's the, yeah. the crow, but he comes back and for a whole year doesn't say anything. Yeah. And this was a guy that during his it surfer year, so yeah, well. during his surfer sting years, he was a good promo, and he can cut a great. Still to this day, can cut a great promo. So he goes a whole year without saying anything, and it rejuvenates his career. So yeah. it's just like it's Hogan was flound like a lot of people don't realize he was floundering in WCW as a babyface. People hated him. He was getting the John Cena treatment, where people just didn't want to see him anymore. They Tired of Hulkamania. So he turned himself heel and completely had a second run of his yeah. career. You know, so funny story about that, too, is if they had a backup plan for that. So they did, they weren't sure that Hulk was going to turn. So if he didn't turn, Sting was going to be the one that turned. Okay. And he was going to be the third <laughs> member of the NWO. 
which I think about all the time, and I'm like, that would not have fucking worked. Because <laughs> the whole NWO aspect was like invaders from WWE coming uh, yeah. in, you know. Because yeah, so, it was Hulk, Razor, Ramon, right? Mm-hmm. Who else? Scott Hall and uh, Scott. Kevin Nash. Oh, Razor who Ramon is Scott Hall, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, that's right. And what was the other one you said? Uh, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash, who was that's Diesel. Right. Yeah, yeah, Diesel, yeah. 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 That's, so, see, that's another thing I was, it trips me out because... I'm going in all these different. I'm loving this conversation, yeah. <laughs> but um, because I'm thinking, nothing as a kid for me, nothing felt as dope as when Sting would get dropped from the rafters, oh, yeah. and be behind somebody, and you knew it, but they didn't know it yet. Yeah, most exciting moment yeah. ever. Yeah, and then lights go out, come mm-hmm. back on, Undertaker's behind you. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That. Like those moments, yeah. like. Not a lot of people could pull that. Not a lot yeah. of people got that shit, yeah. but those two owned that shit. Yeah. And if you look, if you look at it too, when Sting was doing that repelling from the, if you look at the people that he would come up behind, the person that sold it the best, and the person that had the best reaction was Kevin Nash. He was always just like <laughs> something behind me in there, <laughs> and, and you turn around and just boom. he's turned out to have a pretty good acting yeah, career. Too. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 uh, he's had some. From what I've read, he's had some tough times lately because I think his son died. Uh, but he's, uh, yeah, he's from what from the people I know that have met him, he's a genuinely good person. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Sting that that whole Sting run, I wanted to be Crow Sting so bad. Oh, yeah. Even when I started so cool. wrestling, I was wearing like <laughs> like I would do the um, like the Viking mean? war paint shit. Grab the back of their head and pulled them back. For that, hold them into the. Oh my god! Yeah, the scorpion death drop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So dope. Mm -hmm. The name changes. This drives me nuts, and I get it from the business. I just hate it so much. Yeah, I can't stand it because they own your fucking name. Yep. And so you like, especially recently, I've been because WWE didn't have much competition for a while. You know, the monopolization of things fucks up everything, and so I was. Wasn't even thinking about it for, and I started seeing these other things popping up, and I was like, "Who the fuck is? What did you say earlier, Brian Danielson?" Brian Danielson. I was like, yeah. "Who the fuck is this?" Yeah. And I was like, "I've seen this guy before." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, that's Daniel Bryan." Yeah. I was like, "I yeah. never yeah. seen." Okay, I'm like, "What the fuck? Why is he going by Brian?" And I'm like, "Oh no, oh, Brian he took Dan- his fucking name." <laughs> no, well, well, Brian Danielson is his real name. Okay, like, that's his real. So they can't so, take that. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and and. That's kind of what WWE would do is they would bring these indie stars in and instead of keeping their independent name, they would give them a new name because they would own the the, the, the rights to the name. Yeah. So Finn Balor is a good example. When he was on the independent scene, he was Prince uh, Prince Devitt. Okay. Because his name is Fergal Devitt. That's and who's his, that demon character? You that's play? him. Oh, okay, okay. So So when he was on the independent, he would do these... On bigger shows, he would do these elaborate body paints, and I think he did the Joker once. He's done Hannibal Lecter. Oh, okay. He's done he's done a bunch of different cool things, Spider Man, all that, or uh, Venom, okay. all that kind of stuff. And so when they brought him in, they wanted to keep that aspect, and when they so they kind of just did it where. So the the name Finn Balor is an old, uh, like, Celtic story. So you have Finn McCool, who's the the good guy. And then you have the demon Balor, who's like his nemesis. Okay. So Finn Balor is like when he's just in his normal everyday, yeah. you know, but when he needs to, he can tap into that demon side okay. of it, which to me was just like, oh my God, that's taking yeah. a concept that he had. And and that's what the WWE is really good at is yeah. they're good at taking a concept and molding it and perfecting yeah. it. Um, 
but when he came in, they weren't going to use the Prince Devitt thing because that's what he was using in New Japan. That was what he was using anywhere, everywhere. So they and they can't copy. They could copyright it, but when he goes back to the independent scene, he can go by his yeah. birth name, Fergal Devitt. So and they because they can't control you if it's your real name. Yeah. So like John Cena, they can't really do anything for him because his real name is John <laughs> Cena. Um, but yeah, so so they they were doing that, and recently they've understood that with the internet and everything that independent wrestlers can. It, when when you're high, like when you're gonna sign an independent wrestler that has a lot of buzz, yeah, people already know who they are. Right? Yeah. Why would you change their name? Yeah. Like you have these guys coming in that everybody wants to follow, so yeah. they get to change their name. You know, they don't change their names. You, you know, they keep them. Um, and so. Cody Rhodes is good is, is even better example because um, when he left WWE, WWE owns the rights to the at the time owned the rights to the Rhodes name yeah. because it's not his his legal last name is Runnels, okay. which is Dust, Dusty's last name. Uh, his older brother Dustin legally changed his last name to Rhodes so that he could use that. Okay, um, they related Gold Dust. That Gold Dust is Dustin. Okay. So Dustin Rhodes is gold. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> but Cody, all this happened shortly after Dusty died. So Cody was like, I don't want to legally change my last name. Like D- Dusty's la- legal last name was Ronald. Yeah. My legal last name is Ronald. So th- he fought in court for years to get that Rhodes name back. Yeah. So that for a, until then he only went by Cody. Oh, okay. So it, it, you know, there's ways around it, but um like Warrior, he when he left WWE, they wouldn't let him use the Ultimate Warrior. So he legally shows you how much of a dumbass he was. He legally changed his name to Warrior. Okay. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god. What um <laughs> but yeah, so there's there's ways around it, um but yeah, if you if you come in and you've got if you've got a name behind you and you've got a buzz behind you, they're going to keep your name. So yeah. they did it with CM Punk, they did it with Samoa Joe, they've done it with uh, oh Tomasa Champa. They've done a lot of the guys that are there. Bobby Roode, a lot of the guys that are there now that have spent so many. AJ Styles is another one that they've spent so much time that yeah. they just they kept it. Um, but if it's a name like if it's a name they came up with, then, yeah. you know. But when Going back to the NWO storyline, when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash come back in, first of all, both of them have legal names that just sound like wrestling names. Yeah. Um, but the last time that Scott Hall was in WCW, he was Vinny Vegas. Okay. I didn't Wait, was he was he Vinny Vegas? Yeah. Which was just a dumb gimmick. Um, and the last time that uh, Kevin Nash was in WCW, I think he was like Oz. Which was like a really terrible gimmick, so I, of course they don't want to go back to that. But, um, but yeah, then when they went back to W, because WCW buys out, or uh, sorry, WWE buys out WCW. So when they went back to WC or WWE after that, they continued the Kevin Nash, you know, Scott Hall story. So so that's because I I. I I talk to a lot of people who don't realize that the big show used to just be known as the giant. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense too. Cause I wasn't yeah. even thinking about the chain. Do you happen to know why? Cause I, I don't think I've ever researched this. Why they changed from WWF to WWE. 
World Wildlife Foundation sued them. Okay, because yeah. I was like, it seems like blasphemy to call it WWF yeah. now. Yeah. Well, it, it's because the World Wildlife Foundation okay. sued them. And instead of getting in a big argument with it, they just dropped it. Okay. Know. They did the whole, um, you know, get the F out <laughs> gimmick. Yeah. You know, so, it was, it was, I mean, it was fun. And, and it, brought, it brought upon the greatest T-shirt I have ever seen in my life. And it's the, have you ever seen the World Wildlife Foundation logo? I haven't. It says WWF and it has a panda. Okay. I love pandas. You can ask Ashley. I fucking love pandas. But this is a, uh, it's a shirt. It says WWF on it, just like that logo. But instead, the panda is holding a folding chair. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's just like, this is the greatest shirt ever. Um, But yeah, so, but yeah, that's the, that's the short of it is they got, they got a cease and desist from the world. I wonder why that World took so long. I have no idea. That's they were the WWF for a long yeah. time. Yeah, I think like, they were even the before that they were the WWWF. Well, okay. When Vince Senior was, or when uh, yeah, when Vince Senior ran it. Um, but yeah, I got. I think maybe they might have like finally gotten the patent on it or something, yeah. and, you know, copyright on it, and so they yeah. finally sued them, but. Interesting. Well, so now, yeah, it's a very simple answer then. Yeah. I was, I, I thought there was like some deep scandal there. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Nope. The Wildlife Foundation was just like, <laughs> we're tired of people looking for us yeah. and getting bra and panty matches. Like, we're tired. We'll we want showing pe- up asking for sable. <laughs> we Man, want I, people to save the pandas, <laughs> not you know. <laughs> I love it. I was uh, when I was asking if you if you watch boxing or anything like that because I. I wanted to see what you think about this. I was watching, because this all goes back to, like, the Jake Paul shit and all that. So, like, the the gimmicks and these fucking internet sensations coming in and uh, what I would refer to as, like, infiltrating these sports and, like, taking them over because they have these these followings. So, these YouTube, essentially just referred to as YouTube boxers, right, are just becoming so huge and reckoned because they have massive followings. And... I remember not too long ago, I'm watching, so KSI, I believe, is the one who has his own promotion now called Misfits Boxing, I believe it is. And so he has his own pay-per-views that come on, and he's from, like, London or some shit. Yeah. So over there, they got to deal with DAZN, and then they do pay-per-view events, and it drives me nuts because I'm like, I'm not. DAZN was a promotion that started, that was supposed to combat the pay-per-view era mm-hmm. and just have a subscription-based uh, monthly fee or an annual if you want to make it a little cheaper and no more pay-per-views and i was right. like i was all for it and they signed canelo and all this shit and i was like fuck yeah and then they they got greedy like or maybe they realized this platform is not going to last because we can't pay the people long term so now they increase their monthly fee or their annual as well and they have pay-per-views which pisses me the fuck off yeah. so i canceled my shit but i still i still follow everything online well, the Misfits shit, they have their pay-per-views, and I know that, yeah, they don't have a huge draw here in the States, but they have a huge draw in London. And so I'm watching an event, and I think it was before they made the pay-per-view switch, and I'm watching this shit, and all of a sudden I'm seeing there's a promo for a tag team boxing match. <laughs> Why? Dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> So I've been dying to hit that button. So why? So I'm 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 watching the the card lineup on on IG and I'm just like 
I have to watch this. It's dumb as fuck. And my wife is like, are you fucking kidding? And I'm like, I have, I have to. to see this this is, show. is for my knowledge. Yeah. This is the first ever tag team boxing match. <laughs> sanctioned research, professional. I cannot not talk about this. And to talk about it, I have to watch it. And oh. so I'm watching this shit and it is so bad. Oh my God. It is so bad because essentially it seemed like they had two serious fighters that didn't have massive record, but they were two guys that take boxing very seriously. Right. And two other guys that were probably YouTubers mm-hmm. that were like, we're getting into this boxing realm too. And so the, the YouTuber, they're getting their fucking asses kicked and they, they make it very clear, but it's the first of its kind. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be some ruffles, right? But they made it very clear with the rules. That's what I was paying attention. To. I was like, "What is this like?" Because a tag team match in wrestling is can be very entertaining. Hell yeah, very My yeah. Love Come on in, wrestling. cousin. Um, it, we're talking about tag team boxing. <laughs> yes, you heard that right. Tag team boxing. So, <laughs> in the realm of wrestling, you can you have those awesome moments. Where one of my favorite moves is where they they do the run against the rope and mm-hmm. the partner tags their shoulder yeah, and the other the guy doesn't tag. notice, yeah, but yeah. you know it's all legal and all that. So then they hop in like, what the fuck? The, the tag was legal. <laughs> one of the greatest things. Well, that's not active in tag team boxing. Mm. You have to turn to your opponent and actively, and the ref has to approve, and you can't be engaging in the fight uh. during the tag. I'm like, so how Good. a tag in wrestling yeah. is supposed yeah. to be. And so, <laughs> but these guys, they're scared. They're getting their asses kicked by real boxers. So they're trying to tag and trying to get in. The ref's like, no, no, get out of here. Like, you're yeah. not. This is, they are engaging. You can't get in. It's a shit show. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking this, this can't keep going. Like, they had to have seen. But I'm also thinking, how many people are there out there like me that just raise the ratings of the shit like massively? Right. And I'm like, if the numbers make sense, they're going to keep it going. And I just recently saw they have another one coming up. It's been months. And I'm like, now I'm in that 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 pickle of yeah. do I watch again or do I prove a point and say, no, I will not bite. So it's, it's really tough because how far is this going to go? Right. And look at where we are now. It's a serious discussion that Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg may very well be fighting at a sanctioned UFC pay-per-view. That would be the single dumbest fight I have ever seen in my life. Neither of these guys are trained. Like, what did... I mean, they have (laughs) trainers and they have belts, but they're... They bought them! (laughs) They didn't put the work in. They're not serious fighters. Like, who's going to tell Mark Zuckerberg, I'm not going to upgrade your belt from yellow to purple or whatever it may be? Who's going to tell him no? Who's going to tell him no? No. Like... And I, I read a brief piece of an article. I didn't dive too deep into it because I was like, I don't know how much attention I want to give this. But it said that they they have seriously interacted with those who will make this fight happen in the Coliseum. And I feel like that would be a disgrace to all the people who truly went to war in that arena. Jesus. Like, that's insane. But this is our world now. That is insane. <laughs> I I don't even think I could pay for that fight. Yeah, I don't. Even I don't. Think I, would I willingly don't, watch that. I don't think I can miss it. That's <laughs> my problem. <laughs> well, we meant you mentioned earlier about tag team boxing. Have you seen these? Uh, they're like multi man MMA fights. They're like team MMA fights. No, 
Oh, like actually, are they in like Russia stuff? and such? I think so. Because like, my guy sent me something about it, and he said they're insane. Yeah, it's like six guys on each side yeah. and they just converge <laughs> on each other. It looks like a cross between like a like an old war scene yeah. where you just have the two lines and they collide, and like a really bad metal concert. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys are beating the fuck out of each yeah. other. <laughs> well, there's it's just so much going on now, and I. I made a comment earlier about there's enough around for everybody to win, everybody to have a piece, but we have to draw some lines. We really do. Like, do you, do you follow any of the bare knuckle fighting? No, no this shit really. terrifies me. Yeah. Like, because I I'm a huge fan of fighting. Mm. I'm a huge fan in violence can prove to be beneficial, right? Especially monitored and sanctioned and all these things. But I watched my first bare knuckle fight championship pay per view card because I was like, I, I have to. Some of the names on it, I was like, holy shit, they're going to be fighting with no gloves. I got to see these guys get down. It is so fucking dangerous. Like, yeah, boxing can be dangerous. Yeah, MMA can be very dangerous, but it's so. There's a little padding. Yeah, yeah. it's like somebody will get busted open. Yeah, some of it gets pretty, but it's so. In that bare knuckle shit, it's like. Literally one right punch, like bust their shit open so bad, and I believe it was only like three or four events in where somebody died, because it was. And at that point, I was like, "There's no way this is going to continue," but they kept it going. And I'm sure, I'm sure that's why the refs get so heavily involved so quickly now, because they want right. to make sure. But of course, it takes away some of the entertainment value. It's you can. You know, you think back at like Mike Tyson days where you know, a fight ends in 30, 40 seconds yeah. and you, you just paid 50 fucking dollars for right. this fight. And I wasn't old enough to be a part of it, but I was old enough to hear all the adults talking about it. And it didn't stop them from wanting to see it because you want to see them knock people the fuck out. But in these things, it's like I just paid like there's 15 fights lined up on this card and every fight averages like less than a minute because yeah. all it takes is one good clip to cut somebody open real good and they can't let it go because they can get fucking killed. They can right. bleed all these different things. It's just insane to me. Right. And all these shit, all these shenanigans that I'll call them right. are making me truly believe that we're going to fucking see Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk fight Jeez. in the fucking Coliseum. And, and, <laughs> well, you mentioned the Coliseum too. Thanks to this one here, like from her anthropological background, you learn that we've been doing this since the dawn of human existence. Yeah. Like, the Coliseum itself. Yeah. We used to go for people's enjoyment just to watch people fight animals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so violence has always been a part of, of human existence. And I think that's why, you know. Yeah. And because, of course, it would be those guys who could make it happen because they have right. all the money in the world. But to me, it's a disgrace. Yeah. It's like I would I would rather watch them, watch them fight in like an office somewhere. <laughs> Than at the call. I'd pay for that. Yeah, I just feel like it's so disrespectful. <laughs> just watch them fight at the headquarters yeah, of Twitter. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's just Twitter, Twitter headquarters. Use a fucking iPhone. Have somebody <laughs> follow them around and watch how pathetic they are when they slap each other in the face. It's, I just, I couldn't imagine that. Oh my God, that would be beautiful. <laughs> that would be the greatest thing I've seen. <laughs> I would pay for that fight. Yeah. That Chain, would make more sense. Change it from the Coliseum to Twitter headquarters, and I'm in. Yeah, because you know what was amazing was the scene in um, Office Space where all the fucking nerds just stomped out a printer or a fax machine, whatever it was. That was gold, and that's what I imagine their fight being like. That's a good movie. Yeah. That's a good movie <laughs> drop there. Yeah. Perfect. 
I have to throw in movies on this show. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> oh, how you doing, cousin? Do you want us to wrap up? Yep. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> She's exhausted. Yeah, it's pretty late. She hasn't even heard us talk about wrestling, and she's already <laughs> out of it. This is almost three hours. This is a good episode. <laughs> I didn't. It's time. I saw. I saw my wife message me. I tried to message her back, and I haven't seen the last message she wrote. I, I'm scared to read it. Um, <laughs> but before we conclude, um, shout out your events coming up. Let them know where to find you. Right. So we've got um, our first wrestling event in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, Colt Inclusive Wrestling. Um, you can find them on Instagram, Colt Incl- at close at Colt Inclusive. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Sanson the Heathen. Um, that's pretty much it. You know, I, I try to keep it pretty simple. Hell yeah, I'll plug them in the description of the episode yeah, too. Absolutely. Hell yeah, wishing you luck, man. Great conversation. Yeah. Um, I can't yeah, so that much fun. Three hours. Yeah. There's no way that was. Three I know. Hours. I'd keep it going. <laughs> I would keep it going, but I knew it's getting late. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for joining me, man. Great episode. Yeah, man.